Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. And we got another Corolla Classic coming your way. So sit back, enjoy, share it with your friend, and uh, we'll take a second. We'll hear from Geico, and then we'll get on with the show. Geico, are you a homeowner? Are you a renter? You got to be one of those things. You're going to listen to this podcast. Well, Geico is going to make it easy for you to bundle. Go to Geico.com. Take your homeowners or your renter's insurance and you bundle it with your auto policy and you save money and you save time. So just go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save. Geico makes it easy. Visit Geico.com today. That is Geico.com. Hello and welcome to Cruel Classics for January 1st, 2021. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know how the show goes. We didn't change. All right, we're still playing you the greatest moments of the Adam Carolla show. You changed. I may have changed. And today, we've got a hell of a show lined up for you. Let's kick it off. This is August of 2010, and we're going to get some hypothetical road trip with Larry Miller. This is uh, part two, so you get the hypothetical road trip portion. Uh, Mariana comes in for her, her interview. We get some more news. It's Adam Carolla show 379. Let's listen to the rest of the episode. Good to see you, Larry Mer- Miller. By the way, I have just decided, just now, mm-hmm. just listening, I do want, I do not want to be known as Larry Miller anymore. I want to be known as Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence now, Miller. Because right. I heard you with the whole Fishburne thing. Sure. That doesn't mean I want a kid going into porn. I don't want the, I don't want to buy the whole thing. Yeah. But I have decided if it's good enough for him, but I, I want, I will spell it with a U. I was going to say the L, not, you want the L-A-W or the L-A-U? I'm going to go a step past him and spell it with a U. Okay. Wow! By the way, the, the thing when someone does that, you, I remember when he did that. Just as a fan, just yeah. going to movies, when Larry Fishburne, terrific actor, and then suddenly right. he goes to Lawrence, and that's one of those things. Where if you do that for real, right? I, if I ever change my name or you change it, I'd be the first guy to hit me. You know what I mean? I I completely concur. At some point, ironically, my sister Lauren started spelling it with a Y. You know, age 28 and a half, decided to shove the Y in there instead of the uh, E-N, and I just said, no, no can do. The good news is, is I'm not writing your name that much, but I will not recognize this. I don't understand how this works. I don't understand what the upside is. What do you do, lose 20 pounds and grow an extra foot when you do that? I mean, you're still the same person. Same thing, and it's like a really heavy woman... Having beautiful fingernails, you know what I mean. Right. It's like when you get the oh, what a nice job on the on the pinky toe. Right, right, but, yeah, nothing. But I have to tell you, life is so weird. As you all know, everyone listening knows when you did the first thing and about the review. Right. And I'm listening, and it's fun. I like it. It's like the show anyway. I like to listen, and I'm standing out there listening. And as soon as you got to the obit of the guy, I knew Ted Schmidt. What you did? I knew him really well. Really, I really. <gasps> <laughs> That's okay. I really, His photo is right there. I really liked Ted Schmidt. He ran the cast theater. And That's I, right. He did. I was in four I plays the there. Orbit. 
I was wow. in four plays there, and I really got to know him well. Wow. And my, when I was also starting out to be an actor. Would you like to read and, his uh, obit? You know what? And this is a, a nice and also a young picture. I knew him a little later, like in the uh, few years well before he died. And but do you want your first review over a guy's head who was claimed by AIDS? A bo- much beloved. Oh, by the way, i got to go, or vice versa. If I were the guy who died of AIDS, <laughs> You'd be I don't want my picture <laughs> next to a, next sketch to a bad review. review. Tearing this hack, a new asshole, and we gotta, I gotta, <laughs> this is all I get? That's right. 30 get, years in, the, in this business, and this is what I get? And he died of AIDS, too, and I really like the guy. Shouldn't they have put his picture next to a review of Angels in America? Uh, yes, Something like that. Yes. But isn't that weird? You said Ted Schmidt, and my head just whipped around. It does anyway a lot of the time. Sure. But now at least I had a reason. So you worked with him at the cast. I knew him real well. I really liked the guy. And he was always great to me. And uh, always had a nice... Anyway, he ran a great shop. So it's one of those funny things that... Uh, what, a, what a coincidence. Well, he made is. it to the uh, ripe old age of 51, and he'll be uh, missed. And it is one of these weird things when... I, I don't know if I recommend this or not uh, as, as, far as, as far as life goes... But you don't go up to the attic, get out the box, and start thumbing through the remnants of your past very often. That's, there's a reason it's in a box and up in the attic. You can't throw it away, but you don't feel like tripping over it when you come through the front door. You'd kill yourself. And when you write a book, you're sort of forced to go get that That's box right. out. Yeah. And once you go get that box out, you don't just don't go right for the one thing you need in that box because it's buried under 25 other things that also have a bunch of memories and thoughts and feelings attached to them and old girlfriends and God knows what. So you end up, you end up just sort of staring at that stuff and then you realize, Jesus, Ted's been gone, Ted Schmidt's been gone for 20 years. Like I'm just sitting there in my garage looking at it. I haven't looked at this in you know, over 10 years and I'm looking at him and going, yeah, this cat died before 9-11. Before the first black president, yeah. Ted never knew. Ted, I'm sure, would be delighted about Barack being in office. He never saw Angels in America. Speaking That's right. of, That's he, right. he, yeah. by the way, Ted Schmidt would still be or alive Ray. if he had this disease today. Yeah. That's right. Isn't that weird? But and I knew the guy, and I liked the guy. And by the way, when it comes to picking up things from your life from the attic like that, right. Also, in my case, it's a there's what there's a little weird thing because when you lose your hair, if you go bald, oh, yeah. which <laughs> you got to see pictures of you with a full head of hair, and, which I don't mind, I don't care, and it doesn't bother me. But I'd like then to my see kids those. are saying, when my kids always say, "So how do you lose your hair? You had like full hair, <laughs> and now like there's no hair." And I always <laughs> say, For Brian, it's called the seventh grade. But let's hear how you I lost mean, your hair. He has, he has baby pictures drinking. where he's bald. <laughs> And then in seventh grade, he's bald again. It's a very short window. I had a solid run of about 11 and a half, 12 years of hair. <laughs> you know what, by the way? But it's so weird to say, I try to tie it in with the kids. I say, well, remember, if you don't eat the broccoli. Right, but, sure. But, but in all, truly, it, when you see yourself with hair, and then just yourself, and I don't care. Right. But when you see it without hair, it, it is a major change. It's like saying, we are, oh, I remember now when I used to have three arms. Well, I right. used to have three, right. and now I only have two. And especially if your hair pictures are from the 70s and perhaps the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, the big hair era. Yeah. We're now, we're now in the big air era with the X Games. There was big hair back then. I would argue now that most guys keep it pretty neatly cut so there's not that big a transition but when you see those pictures of like you know you picture the rock albums from the late 60s you know the yeah, guess frampton who comes and alive. frampton frampton comes alive just one big 
puff of hair with a black light in front of it. That's right. I mean, and now you got that Larry Miller versus this Larry that Miller. Was, that was my Not hair. Larry Miller when he was in the Marines versus this one. <laughs> Miller comes alive. Miller live at Budokan. Was it a very gradual process? You know what? Uh, sure it is. It's not like it's not like 40 minutes. Well, I mean, it's it's you know, well, Ryan, when did you lose? Like seriously, when did your hair start to thin out? Started it started falling out when I was in middle school. Wow, maybe like seventh grade. Oh. That is insane, right? I, I would. I told the story before. I would sit. I'd be doing my homework, you know, hunched over a book or whatever. Hold on, what's that thing my, called? Run, <laughs> they called the homework. Things I didn't know. Book and yeah, the, book, the homework was inside I, the book. I don't know. I gotta look that one. Be, up there. be that as it may, I'd run my hand through my hair, and uh, just hair would fall in the book. I'm like, oh, look at that. First of all, there's a lesson in that. Don't do homework. Yes. I'm telling you, yes. we have kids do too much homework, and now they're losing hair over yes. it. And, and also good that you're born in the time you were born because you could then just shave your head in college and you're cool, right? Uh, had I been smart enough to do that, that would have been awesome. Oh, you really? Yeah, but I hung on a little too long with yeah. the uh, thinning hair through college. And once I got out, I was like, you know, time to start keeping it see hand a tight. lot of lot of, a lot of guys their senior year of high school with a comb over, <laughs> <laughs> looking like a bad politician or really, weatherman. Really unusual. Yeah. A lot of guys in the high school picture looking like loan officers. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that weird? Uh, all right, Larry, you ready to play a little uh, always, hypothetical uh, question? Always, because I'd like to, as you know, each day is a new day. Mm-hmm. Each life is a new life. Mm-hmm. Hope springs eternal. Sure. And even though my record is spotty. Uh, you, had a couple of, say, you have a couple of rough outings, but I, you know what? You're due. Well, I think so. You know, I think like, you're due. It's a bit of a slump. If I was a betting man, I would gamble on you, because I really feel like you're due. I think I'm O for forever, but mm-hmm. still... I think mm-hmm. let's give it a shot. All right. As you know, I like it, so it's let's the go. Hypothetical road trip game. The game where there are no wrong answers. <laughs> All right, here we go. Larry Miller. <laughs> Hypothetical road trip from the Santa Monica Pier to uh, Epcot Center in Orlando. Here we go. Wyclef Jean mm-hmm. running for uh, president of Haiti. Or Jean. Or Jean. Well, you know what? It's Jean, but it reads Jean. Sorry, Wycliffe Jean or Sean Penn? Oh, I would always, this one's easy. Sometimes they're tough, but this one's easy. I would always pick Sean Penn, and here's why. Mm-hmm. First of all, Wycliffe Jean or Jean, whatever it is. Jean. I, once someone has made the jump, maybe before the decision, by the way, I heard what they said, Adam Carolla in the beginning, who's mm-hmm. running for president of Haiti. But yeah. as soon as someone makes that decision, you want to say, buddy, you know what? You're gone. You're 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 absolutely out of your mind, and and you and you have to stop because no one. You can go there for see. Sean Penn went there and right. hands out food right. and hands out water. Sure, sure. What? I thought that was good. Now you know why. Here's why. Sean Penn. He doesn't like Johnny Law. He's a loud mouth. He's a guy who will punch a photographer. You're inevitably at some point going to get pulled over by state trooper for going 81 and a 75. The guy's going to come alongside. He's going to start off with a little chatter about, did you know how fast you're going? And uh, very quietly, Sean Penn is going to be smoking the entire trip, by the way. You're going to get the second, secondhand smoke. You're going, to, you're going to lose a lung on the way. But he's going to be chain smoking, and he's going to go, I smell bacon. <laughs> and that guy's going to go, what'd you say, son? He's going to turn at him and he's going to go, you heard me, Pops. And next thing you know, they're going to throw down and he's going to be macing Sean Penn and beating the shit out of him. And then Sean, at a certain point, is going to kick the guy in the ribs, 
pull his gun out of his holster, throw it at you, and yell, hit it! And I say, you know, you're going to be barreling down the interstate with Sean returning fire and this guy on a bike behind him with a shotgun. You're going to be ducking. You're going to do that move they do in every movie where the back window gets blown out, but somehow you never get hit in the back of the head. I don't know how that works. They shoot out the back of the window, but the window's only, the bullet's only good to blow out the back of the window. By the way, if that happens, I hope it happens just like right away, like four miles east on the 10. Because right. at least if that's going to, the way it's going to go down. Right. If I, here, you kill him. Bam. All right, if I'll kill someone, at least then I'll have a cross-country trip mm-hmm. to do everything I've Well, then he's going to gonna yell, we're driving to Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> we're driving to Haiti. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so sorry. You're, uh, Did he say that? Did there. that happen? Did, uh, well, Sean Penn came out against Wycliffe for, for running, and so did one of his bandmates. And by the way, I don't know how big a dick you have to be to just announce, I'd like to run the shittiest country in the world. And some guy some guy in your band goes, I wouldn't vote for you. Well, there's been some talk of uh, Wycliffe helping himself, siphoning off some of the funds from his charity mm-hmm. and using it for his own benefit. Oh, I don't I know just, if it's true or not, but... Oh, either way. And, uh, as Mike August said to me on the way to the Phoenix airport uh, this morning, who the fuck would want to be president of Haiti? And I said, listen, you know, it's like a sports franchise. you got to start off with an arena team and you work your way up. I see. So he would start by the Yankees first. You yeah. start off with like... A, Triple A hockey club or something out of Houston, yeah, and then the, move up to like a Lithuania or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work your way up the food chain. By the way, like you're doing radio, you try to right. get in the top twenty Small markets. Market, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the presidential palace is like a Waffle House. By the way, <laughs> if you're going to get the appointment as ambassador, which is usually a cushy job where you've given a zillion dollars to the president, any president, right? Yeah, but if you get to Haiti, wouldn't you yeah. want? You'd rather get France, Russia, someplace you know where you. Yeah. Well, listen, Argentina. I, obviously he's hardcore, and uh, I wish him well, and uh, I'm assuming he's going to do a better job than whoever's in office. I don't know what the incumbent is running on. Four more years. <laughs> listen, people, if you want this kind of prosperity to go on, well, then that means, uh, how, what, what are plank you, does he run on? Are, are you, you better, better off? off? I was just going to say, please. Wait, See, don't answer that. <laughs> great bold minds think alike. We were just going to pull the trigger on the same thing. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? And it takes people three weeks to get home and say, what a stupid question. <laughs> I was alive four years ago. I had a family four years ago. You know, I know Lawrence Miller did, did not get this correct. However, I just want to say that I actually was with him because I feel like Sean Penn pulls chicks. Like, nobody attracts beautiful women like Sean Penn. And He's yes, chain-smoking all the way there. He does smoke, and he probably would yell at the police officer that he knows his rights, but the women... By the way, she's right, because once... <laughs> she's right. Oh, not. Once we Teresa's shoot the guy, right, yeah. once we shoot the guy, no, Teresa, and I decide right. to Thank break you. every yeah. rule in the Thank world, yeah. then he it's would have all the women... I never usually I play have, this, and yet I got one. I yeah, have, now, Teresa, you're well, right the, about this. Beginner's luck, I think, Thank really. You're right. All right, so uh, T's got a, T's got got one right, one for one all time. Yeah, Larry, sorry. <laughs> so she's betting a thousand and I'm yeah. betting zero. Yeah, well, let's keep moving forward. Someone with irritable bowel syndrome, uh-huh. uh, or, or someone with narcolepsy. I would always, always pick to drive with someone with irritable bowel syndrome. Because I am myself very irritable. Mm-hmm. I don't have the other two words, but I think we could have a great ba- bond there. 
And narcoleptic, I can't take it because the only time I ever get homicidal in life mm-hmm. is when I go keep talking on the phone, but the mm-hmm. call was dropped, and right. I've been talking to the dashboard for right, 30 right, seconds. Right, right. At that point, I want to pull off and join Al-Qaeda. Uh-huh. I could actually kill someone. Mm-hmm. So if he fell asleep in the middle, middle of one of my stories, I'd have to kill him and then mm-hmm. join Al-Qaeda. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what? What do you mean? What? Well, because... What? Let me explain about... Let me explain the car. The car holds scent like uh, no other place. It, the bathroom does not hold scent, thankfully. It's got a lot of tile, a lot of porcelain, a lot of veneers and things like that. The, the, the car's got that velour headliner that's sucking up all the scent, all the cloth, the dash, the leather. You fart in a car, you smell it two years later. So whatever, whatever damage he's doing in this vehicle, once you get to Epcot Center and enjoy the many splendors of Disneyland, you'll get back in the car and swear that guy just farted up again for the drive home. So really, well, sorry. Way, I, and then again, the narcoleptic guy is just going to sleep all the way there. You can pick your nose. I like to pick my nose when I drive. You can pick I, his nose. Pick you can pick nose. his nose. I, I don't know if I could make it to Florida without picking my nose, but I wouldn't want someone next to me judging me. So I'm sorry, Larry. But That's we, over too. And by the way, uh, when I went over to my mom's house today to pick up these pictures of the uh, shed I used to live in, she let like a 10 Mississippi long fart go. <gasps> the old person oh, fart. No. Didn't know she was farting. Fart go. When we were like standing outside and she's pointing something out. Her. And it was one of those things where I didn't know. Was I supposed to go good one or start laughing or uh, stepped on that? a duck or just not acknowledge it? <laughs> not acknowledge. Could, she could hear it. I, I didn't know what to do. I, she, I realized she was getting old when she let that fart go and never stopped. She couldn't she cut it. Know. Didn't miss a beat. Couldn't pinch it off. Did she wink at you or did she try to just raise her eyebrows? Let it, let it fly. Thumbs up. Me, my stepdad, my mom just standing right there, just waiting for him to say something. He didn't say anything either. By the way, we had a '64 Plymouth Fury. Three, mm-hmm. a sedan mm-hmm. that we all loved. It was white with red interior. We uh, loved it. I'm sorry, that's incorrect, Larry. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, I think that it was, was red with a that, white interior. But it had a smell. Story, <laughs> it smelled. Sorry, Larry. Yes, go ahead. It smelled so bad, but we <laughs> loved the car anyway. And my dad took it back to this friend, a used car guy who sold it to him. And it turns out it had a body in the trunk. Not when we had it, but they pulled it out of the East River in New York. And it had a body in the trunk. This guy bought it. From an odd lots place from the police department, <laughs> washed it off, hosed out the trunk, uh-huh. like in Goodfellas, right. sold it to my dad for $87, <laughs> and we rode it for three years, and just saying, every time we went to, like, grandparents' house or something, yeah. we'd say, wow, it's just a terrible, terrible smell. That's with what the you're going to get with the irritable bowel guy. <laughs> Yeah, All but right. I can take it because I've been through the dead body. Last one, Lawrence. Here right. we go. I have, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> guy... Who's got an online business and he just needs a little startup capital from you. I mean, he's pitching you all the way to Florida. Talking about if you just get a little seed money. Knows you're not a rich man, but it's not going to take much. You know you'll never see this money again, but he seems so sincere and he's pitching the entire time. Or a chick who's just obsessed with Betty Boop. She's got the tattoos. She, She wears her eyeliner like Betty Boop. She does the whole thing. She watches the cartoon. She's trying to, she gives you nuances and, and uh, bios and things that you don't even want to know about the character. She's a modern-day flapper. Yes. You know what? I would never, ever drive with the startup guy. I can't stand people who are pitching me for money. I can't take it, even if he just says, and by the way, you get yours back first. I know it's, I know it's crap. I know, I know he's just taking advantage of me, right. and he's ruining the trip. Always. Plus, the woman is 
She's dressed like, as he said, like a flapper. She's pretty, even mm-hmm. if it looks a little weird. She wants to tell me weird things. Fine, she's pretty. It's nice. She has a tattoo. What? I, I would pick the woman over the I'm, guy. I'm sorry. I picked the woman uh, over the guy. Obviously, she's I like the woman. Been a survivor of abuse, possibly incest. <laughs> That's the only reason she would stray in the Betty Boop direction. And at a certain point. After a couple shots of peppermint schnapps, which, you know, she, she keeps in a flask, she starts to open up to you about what Dad did as the tears start to, start to well up and you really you can't do anything but turn up the radio at that point. This guy, the guy with the business plan, you shoot him down before you get out of Lancaster and he's done. This one never stops and again, and then eventually starts to look at you as her father and then tries to win you over and perform oral on you while she's crying, and it's very uncomfortable. While crying, yes. Yes. That's no good. I'm sorry, Larry. Well, 0 for 3. I, I, I thought I was Listen, good you came today. in here, you gave it the college try, took a, a lot chance. of guts to show your face around here. <laughs> a lot of guts. I respect that, Larry. Well, I, I want you to know that I respect that. <laughs> Outro, please. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. But better luck next time you play the hypothetical road trip game. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what happens if it's like a, uh, you choke or somehow. Yeah, it's just not a gamer. It's not what yeah. we call a cracker jack. Yeah. He's so like a, a great kicker in practice, right. but not. Super Bowl turns into Scott Norwood. Hey, Larry, Lawrence, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, people can go to uh, Lawrence Miller. <laughs> LarryMillerHumor.com to find out the dates you're playing around town and around the country. All sorts of jokes. I felt this, it was the same way in math class. Every time I took a test in high school and walked out, like this thing, I, I, how, how'd you, you know do on the, the test? And I always, exactly, and I always said, I think I aged it. I think I did great. And I never did well. And I always got that. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, no, Larry. bringing memories back. Maybe I should run a startup company. Wait. Hey, by the way. Do you have a couple of bucks? <laughs> we hate to see you. Go- we hate to see you go out on this somber note. Thank you, Lawrence Miller, everybody. The great Lawrence Miller. I should uh, mention another sponsor. Thanks, Larry. Good the to Nate see you, Kading of comedy. As uh, solid in the, in the regular season, but come playoff time, not a great, not yeah, a clutch foot there. Sure. I should mention our good friends over at uh, Pinnacle College. They do the uh, video game sound design and recording engineering programs. They've uh, won Emmys. They've uh, they're graduates, I should say. Have won Emmys and Oscars and uh, Grammys. So uh, quite noteworthy. Uh, the good news is the sound design program, like doing the uh, video game sound design program, nine to twelve months. So under a year, you get this taken care of. You get to work. You can be well rounded and a Renaissance man later on. Let's get our degree. Let's get to work and let's do something you want to do. Jesus, don't be like me, cleaning carpets, digging ditches. That sucked. Check them out at Pinnacle Dow- <clears throat> Sorry, PinnacleCollege.edu. That's PinnacleCollege.edu. Or give them a toll-free call, 888-590-8824. That's Pinnacle College. Okay. Shall we uh, bring our guest in? Yes. You know her from True Blood. Yeah. Mariana Clavano. Am I saying that right? Wow. Sorry about that, right. sweetie pea. Tough one. Man, are you good looking. Well, you know what, Adam, earlier we were talking about uh, women who've done sex scenes and how they deal with telling their dad to watch or not watch. And I'm kind of curious because you've had to do some pretty intense, violent vampire sex scenes. On True Blood, yes. On True Blood. Yes, on True Blood. We should make that. On True Blood. On True Blood. (laughs) Sunday nights, 9 o'clock. Yeah. But on a beloved television show on HBO, do do your parents watch? They do. They're actually pretty good sports about it. I, I was nervous when I saw that when I saw that particular script that came out. But um, yeah, you know, it's 
it's weird, it's uncomfortable, but you just kind of go for it and and see what happens. Have you have you done love scenes True, before? Uh, what? Well, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Hammer, I, I did a, an independent movie where I had to, you know, make out with my my co-star, and the uncomfortable scene was not my parents because they don't give a shit. Uh, but my the her husband was a guy I co-wrote the movie with. So her husband on the hammer on the hammer yeah, yeah. was going to have to stand around while I made out with his wife. Which that added an it's element of weirdness yeah. because we'd collaborated on the movie, we wrote the movie. It was like every scene he would stand next to me and go, "What do you think? What do you think we should do?" We sort of when you do an independent film, as you probably know, you, it's not all just, "Hey, we got the script, let's do it." There's a lot of we got to change it on yeah, the yeah. fly, and this is a weird thing where he had to like leave. Did he leave? He, he yeah, left. he literally. I think he was beating the shit out of my car with an axe handle or something. <laughs> but I mean, here's uh, me and uh, his uh, wife uh, Heather making out on the porch, and uh, yeah, he had to he had to split. Well, he didn't have to split. I think I think he, he didn't feel to. like standing around watching me. Lock this, this is not just a, a, co- a coworker and colleague, but a longtime friend, and this is his wife. That's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. and That's so uncomfortable. normally be standing next to me saying this would be a funnier line or don't use so much tongue, and uh, this was uh, us uh, <laughs> making out. Sorry. Anyway, uh, yeah, I guess, well, we tried to put it up on thing. We don't need to see that. Uh, although uh, Donnie, who's uh, Mr. Cooth, while we were driving home from the premiere of the movie, just said to my wife, hey, what was it like watching Adam make out with Heather? And I was like, would you <laughs> shut the fuck up? And he's like, what? I'm like, really? What? Oh my you gotta God, bring that up exciting. to my wife? Why do you gotta bring that up? And he's like, what? What's the problem? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I have a question about your, your background. You know that story about Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. and how he kept his job as a busboy mm-hmm. even after he got successful because he wasn't always sure? I don't know if this is true or not, but there's the story that you kept your job as a restaurant hostess. I did. I did. through All through filming season two. I, I still say, which that's how we, we've. Met, oh, we've you, not you met worked before, yes, but we've interacted yes, several I, I, times before. I, 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 I can uh, tell you what you work at a steakhouse. I work at a steakhouse. In uh, the uh, Burbank Glendale area. Mm-hmm. And that's where I saw you behind. You were the hostess. You don't remember. Oh, okay, I, he does. I, oh absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're a no. little of his type. Oh, yeah, no, you're beautiful. I, I, I always thought that. I didn't say anything because I'd always come in with my wife, right? Well, I was going to say, your wife was always the one who interacted, which she was always lovely. She was always yeah. very nice. Oh, what I The do wives aren't stared, always stared at, stared at my feet. You stared at your feet. <laughs> a little bit of drool came out. I didn't want to get a boner. You must. I knew if I looked up, I would become too messy. I thought I noticed a boner yeah. once. I did not Maybe want twice. To, I did not want to become too messy in front no, of you, so no, I stared down at the ground the entire but, no, time. That's a true story, though. I stayed there <clears throat> for a long time because... I mean, you know how it is. You 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 work in a restaurant. You're a struggling artist. You you get a pilot. You have a chunk of money. Six months later, that money's gone. The pilot didn't get picked up, and then you have right. to crawl back to your restaurant job. And I, and I I knew I couldn't do that, so I chose the other route, which is staying at the restaurant until it was sort of comical that I was so still I was at the say, restaurant. There must have been a moment when True Blood was already on and sort of popular. I think I left like right before my arc in season two started airing. I think I sort of timed it perfectly that I got out right before I would have been on 
TV yeah. a lot. But it's Mortensons, right? It's Mortens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mortons, exactly. I screw that up. But yeah, Mortens. I, we're not not saying the name and nothing to be ashamed of. No, no, Good no, place. No. And uh, yeah, I always, I always remember walking in. I, well, it's always smart to have someone nice looking standing up by the front door and greeting everyone and getting them to their uh, seats and all that kind of stuff. So I, I always uh, thought, wow, that's a cute girl working at this uh, place. But I, I, I just assumed I saw you other places on TV or something. You know when you get that familiar feeling where sure, you go like, sure. I'm, uh, this person feels familiar, but yeah. you don't know where they're from, but you only know them from TV. You're like, I yeah. saw you I on a Tide commercial. Yeah. Do I know you or are you just the Tide? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also yes. when somebody looks like her, you're fairly certain she's been on television. Yes. Yeah. Well, you must have been on in L.A. You did I, things before. I did a lot of. Blood? I did a lot of guest stars on things. I, I I put some time in on Lifetime, that will haunt me forever. I um I was sort of the Grim Reaper of shows. For I would always get I would always get an, a guest star on a show that you like first season and that would yeah. You're like Ted McGinley can't. was in the uh, <laughs> yes. 80s. Exactly. He'd show I was up the Ted McGinley. Season nine and put he and was, kill it. He was the closer. So you're on, the I, you're on Alias. The final I was on, season. I, I, I well, Alias might have been gone on for another season. I was on the final season of ER. I killed ER. I was on a mm. bunch of shows that you'd never. Wow, ER was, went on for like 29 seasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I came in on 29. And I, I killed hope, it. I hope they don't interview you on 60 Minutes because I really love that show. It's had a long run. They better not. I'll stay away. What about this podcast? I know. It'd be a podcast killer. Have you ever killed any radio? Are you just, <laughs> just TV shows? Or? I should have left that for the yeah, end. Yeah. And you're dead. Oh, she's pulled the plug on the podcast. You're dead. So, uh, now, I don't know, are we allowed to talk about your character's uh, arc on True Blood? Because I, I was so, told, it's, all, it's all aired. So it's, we know you, we know you yeah, got killed. I'm done. So I'm now, staked. Now, now, I'm imagining on True Blood, can you ever truly be killed i mean i know like on soap operas you can't you always can come back no matter if you're lost at sea or whatever can you come back on true blood I think, well i mean I, I turn into a puddle of blood but there's always convention like there's a lot of flashbacks we use a convention of flashbacks on that show so for sure i, I think you can you can come back but they're also yeah there's a bit of there's a bit of camp quality to the show where you, you it's it's not it's, it's, it's not a, totally it's, out of the realm by the of way, possibility. By the way, highest rated uh, episodic uh, television on uh, HBO uh, since uh, the, uh, whatever, Sopranos. So, yeah. 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 Pretty amazing success. So it, then, so now what's next then, I guess I should ask? Yeah, I'm asking that too. You want to find me a seat? I'm hungry. I, 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 oh, by the way, let me just tell you, if you ever go back to uh, Morton's there. No, don't call, even say it. Don't even say it. If you ever do. If you ever do, please, please, uh, please just lay down this policy. Uh, if, if somebody goes in there and orders the prime rib, don't have the guy do the thing, because they do this all the time. This place would do it, but all steakhouses do it, where they go, you like to order up? Okay, you're going to get the tri-tip, and you're going to get the uh, sirloin, and uh, you'll have the prime rib? Okay, prime, sounds awesome. How would you like the prime rib? A medium? Okay, awesome. Some au jus sauce with that, perhaps? Okay, thanks. And then the guy comes back 20 minutes later, sorry, we're out of, we're out of prime rib. And you're like, oh, oh, I was tasting that fucking cow in my mouth. I we, wanted that prime rib so goddamn bad. We do and, that on purpose. When just, you get set, when you're... When that dial, <laughs> when your yummy meter taste bud dial gets set to prime rib, it's really hard to knock it onto pizza or to, potato yeah. or something. You just get this weird visceral, true blood kind of, I want my prime rib. It's just seating people, though. You didn't know if they were 86 prime rib or not. 
Um, yeah, I just I, I I tried to have as little interaction with people as possible. That was my. That were there was my a lot goal. of celebrities? There were a lot of celebrities. There were a lot of executives too. It was it was an interesting vantage point working mm-hmm. working there. I got to see uh, you know who who was decent and who was an asshole. And, oh really? Oh yeah. A good place to share. Yeah, they're on. <laughs> Were you there when I pulled a Mel Gibson on my wife? I was. <laughs> I was. Out. I had to call her a cab. <laughs> oh, I was going to light the table on fire <laughs> if I couldn't get any more onion bread and to blow me. Because you deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Straight fucking onion bread over there. Yeah, there is good did onion you, bread. Did you, uh, did you see, you didn't see me doing anything but staring at my sneakers. No, you were time, staring right? at the sneakers the whole time. Right. Uh, no, you were always cool. You were always You were always that was cool. Your, your, I was, your, your wife is lovely, always. You were fine. Um, I was even gay. I would call ahead for the prime rib when me and Donnie wow. would go there and order him. I knew his cut. That's I'd order so Donnie's sweet. cut and my cut. What Very other gay. celebrities were nice to you? Um, Robert Downey Jr. was lovely. Sweet guy. Very sweet guy. Yes. Um, Jay Leno was always cool. He would he would come in a lot. Another nice guy. He left a denim tip. He left a denim. He, <laughs> le- he just left his denim shirt. Denim. He just took it off and, and <laughs> pulled left out his denim yeah. wallet. Pulled out a few swatches of denim. <laughs> but always thirty percent denim. It's his calling card. <laughs> it's true. You'd, I mean, he would come in. You know, every so often, it was always the same. I hate to do denim, my uh, denim, my denim. Leno defense, but in this town, so many guys in comedy and so many guys in late night guys and all these guys. They always say Leno's an asswipe, and. Everyone who deals with him just goes, he's a nice guy. Like, nice guy. I, I agree. So why does, how does he get the white reputation? We can't understand it. Yeah. Comedians I don't know either. don't like Leno, or at least a lot of guys I know don't. But he's just, everyone you talk to go, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a regular guy. All right, anyway. He, and he was the one celebrity, and he's you know probably the richest celebrity. He, he always called himself. He didn't have an assistant, didn't have any, but he always called himself. Prick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Leno's cool, Downey's cool. And by the way, here's my whole thing. I knew those guys were cool. Robert Downey Jr. is a really nice. He's a, uh, further than nice, he's a sweet guy. Like he's yeah. Very, he's yes, almost, he's a right. little bit effeminate in his mannerisms, and he's like almost affectionate. It's weird. He's, he's, he's very he's, sweet, yeah. He didn't stare at his shoes while his wife did the talking. <laughs> no, he made eye contact. He was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it, it, it's really it's just low self it's no self esteem that causes me to do that that's why and again not wanting to become aroused in front of my wife you know. it's uncomfortable Sorry, it's, it's the boner card you gotta play the boner card thank you yeah all right any that's celebrities uh, we'll call them a holes but uh, besides me a little rough around the edges man I. I I don't know that I want to be catty on my first podcast. Oh. This is the place. This is the place. It is Hostess Revenge. Yeah. 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 They have it coming. Yes. People who are rude to service people have it coming. No one's listening. Well, also, no <laughs> the point is, I always just say this. It's like, there's no such thing as an A without an F. You know right. what I mean? Like, if, if, if no one's an asshole, That's then it true. nullifies That's Jay true. Leno and Robert Downey That's Jr., true. Being cool. That's that's the Zen. Yes, the balance. yin to your yeah. yang. Um, well, as far as comedians go, and this will probably seal the deal. I'll never work with him. Um, uh, Tim Allen wasn't the nicest really? fellow. Timmy, okay. don't worry, no one's working there. Okay, <laughs> I may have caught him on a bad day, but he yep. he, he was. 
But is there ever Not so a pleasant. reason to be rude to you? Like, in your position. That's my whole thing. No. I've had bad days. No but prime you're rib. just a pretty girl no standing behind well, the counter. Can't get a table when he wants it. To be fair, mm-hmm. I, I could be I could be a real bitch in that job, but only when provoked. If everyone was nice to me, I was cool. But if somebody mm-hmm. was rude, I had no... I had no you know, no problem with 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 biting You're back. Firm but, but fair. Yeah, because it was kind of the only place that I could exert any sort of power in my life at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're running sure. around auditioning all day, exactly, just trying to get somebody to approve Scraping of you. Scraping by, exactly, feeling shitty about my life day in and day out, and that was sort of the only place that I could go and 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 really have any power. So I would take it, <laughs> I could get it, but um, but no, I would always be decent to people until they were indecent to me. And then, right, and then you got a little, and yeah, then I would get a little sassy. Well, you have a, uh, I don't want to call it a streak, but you, you have a quality to you that says, I'm confident and I'm smart, but don't fuck don't with me. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Thank you. Thank and you. I don't know what that what is. What are you doing looking into her eyes? I was normally look staring at, at my pumps. Right there, at yeah, the shoes. i got new suede shoes in Phoenix. <laughs> me and Mike August went shoe shopping at the uh, Scottsdale Mall. But... Uh, yeah, came with free backpack, <laughs> which means I'm paying too much for these shoes. It's never a good thing when you just throw in free shit. Um, but and then I had to pack the backpack to get it back from Phoenix. But the point is, you have a certain, you have a a a, a, a confidence and a quality and a, almost a. Uh, I'm going to say this: a, a you have a look that's sort of a throwback look. Oh, Got a little bit you. of that sort of forty Betty Page kind of vibe in movies yes. and in period pieces very easily. Well, you in, get True Blood, that? in True Blood, she played a vampire who was uh, around since for a century or more. So she often played flashback roles to decades past. You definitely, exactly. yeah. definitely have yeah. a sort Timeless. of you have a classic Hollywood uh, look to you. Thank you very much. And uh, but also a certain kind of quiet confidence that's uh, Well, she's from a attractive. farming community, right? Yes, you're right. Yeah, I grew up on a well, farm. What happened? What did your parents do right? They made me shovel manure. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> you could do that, right? Natalia and Sonny? Oh. So, he yeah, drive him out to a barn and, you know, that'll... Yeah. That'll, if I, that'll if I handed my daughter a lessons. flathead shovel, <laughs> she would go upside my head with it and be like, listen, old man, I already got shit from... I just got back from out of town. I brought I brought them both a gift. They were like, this is it? What'd you bring? What I brought up some shit I got at a kiosk at the uh, mall Airport. at Scottsdale. Oh, didn't do it. It's one of some thing you throw on the ground and it like, looks like it turns to water and then turns back into a blob again. They got d- d- done with it. Like my, my daughter was like, it was funny. It was like I was unpacked it from my suitcase and she's like, what else you got in there, old man? I'm like, that socks <laughs> and it. underpants, baby. I hope you like socks and underpants. <laughs> Because that's all I got. She's she like, turned tail and went storming out of the room? She's like, what about the otter we talked about on the phone? <laughs> oh. She wanted an otter. I'm not going otter shopping in August. No, it's wrong In season. Phoenix. It's no, bad it's otter wrong. season yeah. in Phoenix. You so can't you, find a fucking no, otter. Difficult. So you were asked to do chores. <laughs> yeah, we had to work quite a bit. And and and, and, just... and did you, and were your, your parents, what did they do? They tilled the soil? They worked the land? Yeah, I mean... We, we're in the sort of the more modern age where my dad has machinery, so he's not actually mm-hmm. out there. But it was a family himself. farm. It was what, a family farm, yeah. Wheat, what did he, wheat. What did he grow? Wheat. wheat. Mm-hmm. Can you make money doing that? It seems like impossible. I, yeah, it's kind of impossible now. Small small farmers are sadly kind of a dying breed. But mm-hmm. he uh, he's he was a very good good excellent at what he did and and 
bought land as he went and, and towards the end was able to, to do very well. And then what brought you out here besides just staring in the mirror when you're 15 and going, wow, I'm what am I doing on this why farm? Why am I shoveling shit for this old man with a straw <laughs> yeah, hat? I think, I think at 15 I had, I had braces and was like 75 pounds. And that, that wasn't... 17. That, that wasn't Were you case. discovered? God, no, no, no. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it was just something I always, I always wanted to do. There wasn't any sort of... Uh, you know, influence or any particular event that that happened. I was just one of those, I don't know, freaky kids. It's like I want to go into show business. So I, I went to college and I did a bunch of theater and got my degree in that, and then packed up the the Honda Civic and and as the the cliche that I am, drove down to L.A. and started Adam. from the. Mm. From Ask the if she was up. a tomboy. <laughs> we we'll go for every, we'll go for every, every hot girl There's cliche. We'll try and get them. Gawky, braces, ugly, tomboy. tomboy. Didn't get asked to the prom. Yeah, I did get asked to the prom, but I didn't have I didn't have a boyfriend all through high school. But I think yeah. that was more because I, the town that I grew up in was so small. Right. I don't know that I was a tomboy. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that's a trap. No, no, you're no, right. No, they're you're, trapping you're you. I know. It you're means you're I'm reluctant to jump in that. I mean, you probably know how to use a gun. I do know how to use guessing, a gun. Okay. Mm. Probably know how to dress an animal that you kill. Um, no, I'm not that. I'm not that badass. But if you had to improvise, I could maybe you improvise. Could skin something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how to uh, milk a cow. Yeah. Let's say milk we were cows. camping and I ran out of prime rib. <laughs> could you support me? <laughs> could you seat me to stump? And go kill me a no, squirrel or something. I, I could maybe kill you a squirrel. I'm, I'm an I'm, otter. Yeah, or an otter. Could you find my daughter find an, otter an otter so she wouldn't hate me? You could no. probably chop wood. No, I'm no. not that. I'm not could you that drive strong. a tractor? Yes, I could drive okay. a tractor. Wow, now I'm really hard. I mean, not far, but... You know how to operate. Wow. Pick I was too scared so to operate those motors. Like, They're really expensive. really like footloose <laughs> hot. I know. Yeah. It was sort of like footloose. Yeah. Do you have yeah. siblings? I do. I have three siblings, three older siblings. Yeah. Oh, you're the baby. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. Had no attitude. No. You want to help us out with the news? Teresa's got uh, the rest of her news to do. Sure. You like to uh, hang out and, and now, join us? the rest of the news with Teresa Strasser. Okay, this is perfect because we have mm-hmm. an actress here. There's a story about... Hold five, on a second. Yes. A lot of these guys must have hit on you, right? There yeah. had to be guys. When you're working at the hostess at Morton's. Oh, at Morton's. Oh, um... Yes, the Lakeside guys, Lakeside Country Club. Yeah, assholes, everyone who came right? in there. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, and you, by the way, when you're the hostess, you you know who hits on you? The restaurant manager. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh true. yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a given. Then that's a given. <laughs> if you want if you want good shifts, then yeah. you're gonna have to be sweet about it. Yeah. yeah. So dudes, a lot of dudes hitting on you. Yeah. It's hard not to because. Not only well, you're trapped. You're trapped. You can't go anywhere. You're trapped behind mahogany. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're in a gilded mahogany cage, man. <laughs> but are we all? That's my autobiography. And That's you, the title of title of my. You autobiography. can't wear something baggy. You're asked to dress up and wear. Yeah, heels. you look spec- spectacular. And guys, obviously, when you're about to eat, you know, eight pounds worth of cow and have a couple of highballs. You're in like weird in, testosterone humper and gatherer mode. Like you're man, out man, but manly, mode. meaty. I'm eating something that's dead mode. Like it's not. It's not the same. Like I, I, if you uh, if you worked at a color me mine, the guys wouldn't come in with the same. Uh, right, or Whole Foods. Or Whole Foods. Or whole it's foods. like it's a different vibe. The this is now nighttime the and the yeah, juices yeah. are going. Yeah, so yeah, you can't blame them. Rich the guys eating yeah. aju. Yeah, they're gonna have. Yeah. 
some. Uh, Although I'd hit charge. on you, I'd hit on you on the way in because on the way, on the way out, it'd be like, oh, Too I can't. Too oh, I, nah, I don't know. Nothing sounds good right now except for me to get out of these jeans, <laughs> and no one's. Stay away from my penis. I'm sleeping on my belly. I'm too full. Yeah, just, uh, just not uh, not horny after that. Too much. No, oh, it's too, too much. much blood in the belly. Yeah. Forbes recently released Sorry. our annual list of Hollywood's highest paid actresses. Mm-hmm. And now ABC News has made a list of the actresses who should be paid more. Mm. Yeah, who deserve to be on Forbes' highest paid actress list, mm-hmm. but are not. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Meryl Streep, for one. Yeah, um, yeah. she did not make the list of highest paid actresses, but she's one of the most respected and well-loved around. And uh, her bank account should reflect the fact that she's won two Oscars and been, do- been nominated 16 times, 16 according times. to ABC News. Yeah, but I don't think, I, I mean, I know her movies do well and she does well, but it's sort of about just sort of box office draw. I mean, you know, Adam Sandler's not a great actor, but he's gold at the box office, so thus he gets paid accordingly, right? Jane Lynch is on this list. She was in your movie. Oh, yeah. Now she's on Glee, and according to this, Glee could probably exist without Jane Lynch, but it would be approximately 47% less funny. For her contributions to evil villains and laughing, Jane should be sleeping on a bed of bills. Wow. I would, I would increase that percentage from 47 yeah. to about 87. Gotta, 87% less yeah. funny. i got to say this about Jane Lynch. She is such a goddamn pro. We yeah. got her to do a very complicated technical scene in my movie. She memorized the whole thing for no good reason. Uh, she was totally on top of everything and totally sweet. It's a really nice, nice lady. They got a point there, Jane Lynch. If you think about it, every movie she's in would be worse if she wasn't in it. That's very yeah. true. She improves every That's movie she's true. in. And, Absolutely. you know, she's been the 40-year-old virgin and yeah. a million movies have made All her scenes are great. Billions mm-hmm. of dollars. Every time you see yeah. her, you're like, oh, great, this is going to be the funniest scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of relax. Like, okay, I can relax. This is, this is going to entertain also me. Also on this list, and yeah. by the way, this I think should be your next job. Do you watch Mad Men? I do. Why shouldn't she go from HBO to AMC? Perfect look. You know, let me dress you. I, I, <laughs> I've never said that before, have I, T? Nope. I would that love to me, dress you. I've tr- I tried. I must dress you. You audition. I tried. They won't even let me audition. I think, what? I, I think the creator has... You want me to get Hanley on the floor? Hold on. Matt Wiener? You know Matt Wiener? Yeah, I know yeah, him. I, I, I think he doesn't want True Blood people on... He doesn't, he doesn't want to mix, mix that. Oh, yeah. please. Because yeah. I, tr- I tried. I tell you, I that guy. Johnny, get Hammy on the blower. <laughs> Hold on. That's right. You know John Hammy. Let me blow a call into Hammy. He does I'll get know you John on that Hammy. show pronto. Oh, my God. Yeah. I will circumvent. Oh, you guys would look so great together. was in um, Kissing Jessica Stein with the girl who you kissed yeah. in the movie. Heather Jurgensen. Yes. Yeah. It's all coming together. Well, Christina wow. Hendricks is on this list of underpaid actresses. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to this, the admin of Mad Men made it instantly more socially acceptable to, to be a curvy woman and a redhead. We have Christina to thank for that. She's beautiful, intelligent, and plays the accordion. There should be a price to pay for that kind of perfection. Boom! Um, oh, she can I, is gorgeous. Can I say this, though, <laughs> with you ladies? Uh, every eh, six and a half years, a new starlet pops up that has some curves. Sort of like, you know, Kim Kardashian or now this one. It was one, J-Lo before. J-Lo, whatever. And then somebody announces, hey, curves are back in. 
I got a news flash for you. We always liked tits and ass. Never went out of style. There was never a meeting. Brian, do you remember the meeting where we all got together and decided when to date mop handles in 1987? We just gotten back from Morton's. Yeah, it's like, oh, tits are back, asses are back, ladies, fellas are back. They were always around. We never boycotted a nice set of tits and a round ass. Ask any brother. They all love the asses. Never went out of style. I don't know what the fuck anyone's ever talking about with this. Made it okay for a woman with a bust to wear a plunging necklace. It was always just fine for us. <laughs> Prefer it over an A cup. That's just me. She always knows. felt that way. Don't read ass. Yes. Just so you know. Yes. No. That's not. Said uh, she's not. She's not taking tits out of mothballs and trotting them back out in front of America's collective consciousness. No, this is no. good to know. Yes. Never We've goes out. always liked it. Now, every five years, someone says we don't like it and then says we do again. We don't. We love it. We've always liked it. Kate Moss, you're not interested. Well, maybe it's... That's for gays and chicks. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's women and gay men that sort of... Gays in and out love of skinny yeah. because what have they got to do with tits? they got nothing right. to do with tits or ass. Not... They like dude ass. They like dude ass. So they they get these mop handles, and then they <laughs> love dressing them, and then they decide, well, these are the fashion templates, and now we should put them on the cover of all those magazines, and then we got sucked up in this fucking gay vortex. We're not. We like ass. We like titties. Let it be known. Thank this you. Christina Next Hendricks, story. Though, Next. <laughs> she really, I mean, so it's not just the tits and ass. Her face is unbelievable. She's beautiful. She's stunning. What's that other part? The face. The face. Oh, the red, you know that red hair where it's, you know, the, the part that's you go, a, a little bit that, above. She, does she know this? Where is that located on the woman? <laughs> if you take, go, start where the boobs are. Uh-huh. Gradually, and then it's sort of something above that. Gradually, yeah. above the boobs. Shift I mean, your above. gaze. Adam, why about. should we get further from the vagina? You'll see the collarbone. <laughs> he's, she's talking about the upper boobs. The upper boob. Yeah, the upper, the upper boob area. Oh, where yeah. they know, where they breathe, and stuff comes out of their mouth every once in a while. I heard them uh, talk. What That's was also that? how they see things. It's where the prime rib goes. Why should we get further from the vagina and the boobs? You're heading the wrong direction. Rounding out this list of underpaid actresses. <laughs> back to back to yeah. rounding out the list. Uh, according to ABC News, Betty White and Tina Fey. That's the news. All right. I've had Sorry, enough of The news. With I saw a movie poster. Eat a the, dick, MSNBC. I saw a matinee when I was in Phoenix. I was that bored, and she was on a poster. And I just decided, what the fuck happened? Why do we need this much Betty White? I mean, she's a delight. And we should all be doing what she's doing when we're 86 years old. But hosting SNL on the new show on like Lifetime, doing all these you know, uh, romantic comedies now popping up everywhere. What, what happened where somebody like two years ago went, get me more Betty White. I need Betty White. I want Betty White seasoning to sprinkle on my toast in the morning. Like, <laughs> she's fine. She's an old lady who's still, you know, she's not nuts. Sort What's up? Like, sort of like in the early to mid nineties. You again? That's what it's called. People, uh, someone decided Dennis Hopper should be in every movie. Like, yeah. yeah, I like Hopper. I like what the fuck's that going to happen for me? <laughs> What's someone going to wake up and decide I'm yeah, going to be in every movie? That's what I want to know. Who controls that button that they push? Oh, there's no, no, not one with. <gasps> well, what about in the Lifetime right Betty White story? You play young Betty White. I would love that. I've well, I've already spent my time in Lifetime. I can't go back there until I'm like 45. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you want to get out of deep cable as soon as yeah. possible, not come <laughs> back before I come back. Uh huh. To play the young buddy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever go to Morton's? Do you go back there to eat? 
I've been there once mm-hmm. since I've left. I had I had to I had to let some time pass sure. before I walked in. Yeah, no, I understand. To throwing around to, to that, now, did you to say my what, mahogany prison. Did you say what table you wanted? Because you know the best table. I didn't. I was I was nice. I let them I let them take care of me. Mm-hmm. Can I, I tell you quickly? Good. I know we're out of time. Adam does not want to end this episode. I'm in love with this <laughs> woman. Not. Went to Morton's uh, one time with my drunken buddy Daniel and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and when they were doing the presentation, he took the lobster and hit it. Uh, but they weren't doing the presentation for our table. They were doing it for the next table. So when the person looked back to say lobster, the lobster, no lobster was gone, but they didn't blink. They just kept going. Well, they couldn't say, where's the lobster, to the person they were talking to because it would make them seem incompetent. Right. So they kept going, but the guy kept looking back. And then at some point when he looked back, my buddy put the lobster back. And then he turned around and the lobster was there and he didn't flinch again. Total That's a pro. That's total a pro. pros. That's a Morton's yeah, that there. was the one in the city, though. Oh, okay. That wasn't the one. So, in, what was uh, the Glendale. lobster doing while it was off the tray? I don't know what lobsters do in that phase when they're at one minute they're at the bottom of the ocean floor, and the next minute they're catatonic and have rubber bands yeah. over their claws, but they're still alive. Yeah, they're very durable that way. They yeah. live two well, thousand like, feet like under cockroaches. the cockroaches. But how can you survive under 500 feet of seawater for a living and then just sit out on a serving tray for days on end, just sitting there in our atmosphere? See, these are the types of philosophical questions that you two could discuss over some wine were this another lifetime. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Corolla's excited. Yeah, we just missed each other, Mariana. And then listen, I'm, I, par- I apologize for not looking up. No, for, that's quite uh, all right. Your wife was lovely to look at. Why do I have to weave her into every conversation <laughs> we have? I get it. I'm married. Okay, enough. Wow. Do you hear that, Brian? It's an attack, dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, and your, oh, and your wife is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. very pretty. And very pretty. Very wow. pretty. Yes. Again, okay. poking that wound, man. All right. Beautiful lady. Jesus. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Geico. Are you a homeowner? Are you a renter? You got to be one of those things. You're going to listen to this podcast. Well, Geico's going to make it easy for you to bundle. You go to geico.com, take your homeowners or your renter's insurance, and you bundle it with your auto policy, and you save money, and you save time. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save. Geico makes it easy. Visit geico.com today. That is geico.com. That was the hypothetical road trip with Larry Miller and Mariana Clavino back in 2010. All right, let's get going with another clip. This one features one of my favorite comedians, Dimitri Martin, and it's a special one-on-one from 2011. It's the full interview, just chopped off the opening and the end, chopped out an ad or two. It's Adam Carolla Show 539, Dimitri Martin, from April of 2011. It's Adam and Dimitri. Let's listen and find out what happened. Get it on. Welcome to the show, Dimitri Martin. Hey. Dimitri's uh, new book, as I said, will tie in nicely to our first little plug, which is uh, this is a book, and it is out Tuesday, April 26, and you can pick it up on Amazon. And by the way, the first 250 pre-orders are going to win a hand drawing by Dimitri. The book is uh, filled with really cool drawings and just funny, simple Stuff. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about cartoons in a second. Don't let me forget that. I find yeah. most of them in the newspapers 
wildly disappointing. Yes. And I've been fucking staring at Charles Schultz shit for like 50 yeah. years going, what the fuck? This guy made more money dead than I made in the last 30 <laughs> years. And his stuff is always horrible. But yeah. Don't get me going just yet. All Dimitri's right. book can be uh, purchased, like I said, at uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. But if you go to Amazon, you can do... Uh, first off, we love Amazon because we have a little profit share thing go going with them. So if you click on AdamCarolla.com and then you click on Amazon, essentially you go through AdamCarolla.com to get to Amazon and you pre-order Dimitri's book. Dimitri gets his money. We wet our beak. Amazon gets their money. Everyone's happy. I just talked to Donnie. And we've made like $2,000 just from this, and we're not even doing anything. It's just our our listeners are nice enough and kind enough to go, look, instead of buying a toaster oven straight away, wow. I'll just go to Adam Carolla, and then I'll click Amazon, and there you go. You get a little kickback if they go through you. A little kickback. A VIG. It's kind of what the mob gets. <laughs> It'd be horrible if something, God forbid, something should happen to your, your website that God retails things. Don't. God yeah. forbid. Yeah, so you can uh, shop at Amazon and support us with every purchase. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, and uh, great shipping rates. Amazon.com. All right. Um, much to talk about. What do you think about these cartoonists? You know, I, th- I think cartoonists and humorists are red flags, usually, uh-huh. which Me- equals not funny. Right, like it's it's what's what <clears throat> performance artist is to stand up. Oh, I get right. it. You're not funny. Right. Right. And spoken word is essentially right. co- comics who aren't funny. Right, and you know what? Like for me, it's volume. When I was a kid, I liked Gary Larson. The best of the Far Side for me really made me laugh. But if you right. look at all that, it's not like he's hitting with every single one. I know? have stared at Peanuts cartoons <laughs> never... where I've had to bring other people into the fold and go is. <laughs> When I, missing something? Missing, is there some some uh, socially like I, I do have a couple of blind spots or maybe yeah. something I missed? Is there I never, something I haven't heard of here? You know what? It's funny. You know, I'm a dork and I totally own up to that. But I, I miss the comic book thing. Mm-hmm. I never. I don't know peanuts. I don't know any of that shit. Like it, I just. I like doodling, and that's it's pretty much mainly it. horrible. And yeah. my thing is, look, maybe it's too tall an order for a person that's marginally funny to come up with a great zinger every day or every yeah. weekend or whatever. My plan is quite simple. And as a reader or a purchaser of the USA Today, I would not have a problem with this if you simply put a picture of a missing kid. <laughs> Meaning, I got nothing this week, boss. Right. And I don't want to waste your time. And I want to help people. And you know what? Here's my policy. Unless it's a seven and a half or up, I ain't putting it in there. Yeah. So I'm going to help my batting average. I'm going to save little Timmy, and I'm not going to waste your time by having to walk up to a coworker and going, do you get what the fuck Lucy? I don't get why Lucy would say. Or it kills. Like, depending on how the kid looks, then it's like, wow, that's the best thing he's put in there. Right. That's his best bit. Yeah, so I mean, if, if it was a kid that looked like a <laughs> young Johnny Whitaker or something like that. But the point is, is I would not hold it against you if you just put a pick. And the paper would be doing a service. Totally. And not bought bugging the fuck out of me by having another shitty show. It doesn't lower the bar. It's like you respect your audience. It's you essentially just saying to the coach, I'm not going to the I'm not going to the plate. I'm sick. DL. Uh, Yeah. DL. That's right. Yeah, it is weird, you know, that's a it's a hard form anyway. I don't know. I like stand up. I like telling jokes. Yes. I like to draw, I put some in the book. It's hit or miss. It's a, you know, well, I, I don't stuff, know how many people howl at drawings anyway. The stuff I saw was hit. And by the way, Dimitri can be found April 21st at the Egyptian Room in Indianapolis. I just played the Egyptian Room in how, Indianapolis. How was that? It I'm, was... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not setting the world on fire, I'll be honest. My tickets are 
are crawling along. <laughs> it's uh, we put almost seven hundred people in there. That's nice. So it wasn't too bad, and it's a big echoey hall, and it's uh, acoustically a little bit yeah, uh, rough. That's if, not good. Uh, if I'm picturing the right room, do you I bring could an be opener? Pittsburgh. Just... No, I just uh, do a. 90 minutes it feels like about three hours yeah that's uh that's the egyptian room yeah it's a little it's a little echoey in I, there yeah i'm i sometimes have an opener but often i just show up and do just come out and do my thing i minutes. i i cheat i have pictures and slides and things like that oh, so nice. i'm not it's not just me just uh you know doing george Carl. that's it right there you guys just brought that up for me i didn't realize uh, you yeah had this, I, we're no, good no, i'll know to look over there we're okay. good we're good this way wow. yeah that's impressive yeah that's uh oh that's yeah the yeah now there. i see now i see what you're saying yeah oh man a lot of space at the back too that's just weird well not if you sell another 400 <laughs> oh, tickets I see, they just, <laughs> they'll just keep putting they just chairs cramped. back they should have put some tables in there and stuff man they well there's everybody a, the front there's a couple bars uh over there but a uh, good crowd good that's room cool. and all that that's you'll, cool you'll have fun but uh acoustically a little bit <laughs> A yeah, bit rough. I was just in St. Louis, and then I went to Atlanta. We were just in St. Louis. Oh yeah, I did the pageant. Wait a minute, we just did the goddamn pageant. Is that right? What night did you do the pageant? God, I was there two weekends ago, maybe. What the fuck? Were you just there, like right after me, we right were, before me? We were there on Saturday. Oh yeah, so you were there a week. How Mike, was it? Weren't we there at the pageant? That's the only goddamn. Uh, How was we it did for good you? there. Put about nine hundred people in there and made made a few dollars. That's over cool. At the I pageant. was yeah. That's it. Yeah, I had about. This, I stayed at the Moonrise right over there. Did you guys stay there? No. Just walk across. We oh. we decided to stay at the uh, airport. Mary. By the way, once you put airport in front of something, <laughs> it's never it could be. be like airport. Kim Kardashian's pussy. <laughs> Sorry, no, thank you. No, too much travel. Airport guacamole and fresh chips. No, no. Still, airport blowjob from a I'm listening. thousand <laughs> s- supermodels who, who hate their dads. Mm. Airport funeral home, closer. Yeah, yeah, depressing. No, okay. we we stayed at the airport. Something it was fine, but it had yeah. the word airport in it. So you, at least you travel with people, at least then. Uh, oh, when I say we, the guy booked the show. The guy books the shows. I mean my genitalia mainly. <laughs> no, the guy books the shows. Mike August always goes uh, everywhere, okay, so and then yeah, Mike Lynch that. goes over there and runs the uh, computer. But, That's cool, uh, so you don't go crazy. We're essentially playing the same places all, over, funny, all yeah. over the country. I did pageant. I told him when I got there. I got there a little earlier, and I got to walk around a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was like, I could tell this is a cool part of town by how aggressive the homeless people were. Mm-hmm. Did you get to walk around at all? There were some we, just we, we angry... Went, we went down to the uh, vintage vinyl place uh, yeah, down the street, yeah. and that was cool. And then, uh, yeah, saw a lot of... Th- there's a lot of, like, kind of non-St. Louis types. Like yeah. I was like, hey, listen, I, I should show up with a prison bus <laughs> and bring you guys back to Portland, Silver Lake, or Seattle. It's total Silver Lake. Because you're fucking up my whole yeah. view of St. Louis. This is not what to- yeah, St. Louis is supposed to be. yeah. I, there's some skinny jeans. It was for me. It was a mix of those guys, uh, who I'm often associated with. But for the record, I don't have skinny jeans. I I'm no. very generic. I'm my own thing. Sure. Whatever. I'm a fucking dork. I get it. But I'm not ten speed skinny jeans. Whatever retro mm-hmm. shit. But there was this homeless guy, and I, he was like, "Young man, young man," and I just kind of ignored him. And then he was like, "Racist." Oh, like, a Jew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those homeless Jews <laughs> homeless in St. Louis. Hojos. Well, Hojos. <laughs> yeah, those Hojos. Yeah, the homeless Jews in uh, St. Louis. The Hojos in St. Louis. Some of the worst the breed has to offer. Um, 
Yeah, well, the great thing about being homeless is you get to yell whatever you want at anybody at any time, yeah. and no one's really going to no argue. consequences, right. You can yell, I know where Osama bin Laden is, and no one's going to say anything, or they can call you racist. Right. Or it doesn't really matter. They can you're, yell you're fine. Whatever once, they want. Once you're that low on the rung as we perceive you, you can do whatever you want. Plus, it's sort of like getting in a fight with a homeless guy is like fishing a not-so-valuable piece of jewelry out of an outhouse yeah. toilet. It's like, uh, you know what? It's not... I'm gonna really get, it's going to get messy. I don't think there's a winner here. Can I win? I mean, even if I get the ring, yeah. I still don't, it's still going to have shit on it, right? You, you remember Bum Fight? You ever yeah. You see those videos? Sure, I beat... I mean, I've seen those. <laughs> you beat off to those. I didn't say that. I love that as a stimulant. <laughs> we all have our own... It's, you get... Romance bodies. It doesn't make me a bad father. It's, it's unexpected. I didn't plan on it. It's uh, just it, it struck me a certain way. I remember when I saw that, I was like, this is clearly wrong in so many ways, but it has that kind of evil genius. Yeah. There's something symbiotic about it where, like, these guys are getting paid. You it's got I mean? the name. First yeah. off, it's called Bum Fight. Right. And it's then, catchy. N- number one. Number two, the bums that are fighting are out of their mind anyway. I mean, right. it's it's not like, wow, that guy just suffered some pretty good head trauma, right. and now we've just lost a sure. recipe to Coke. Sure. He, he might be fighting anyway later that day, so now he's a, getting a, money also. There's a fair chance he could be fighting anyway. Uh, also, you know, as far as orthodontia goes, it's not like, oh, he knocked his tooth out, now he's never going to get a job. You know, it's not like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for these guys... You know, they would stab a guy for seventy dollars. So why not throw throw down sure. for fifty? Sure. You know, because even like it would be funny if they had bum debate if they tried to tone it down a little. If it would be, <laughs> oh, this had him sitting there, just bum diplomacy. It's just guys mm-hmm. uh, chatting. Wait, I have a question for you, mm. randomly. You you fill so much time. You know, you got to talk, and you've over your career, love line, all that stuff. Right. Do you ever, and maybe people ask you this a lot. Do you ever come in and you're like, I just don't feel like talking today. Sometimes, no. You know what I'm saying? Because no. I often don't want to talk to anybody all day. I just walk around and I just don't feel like talking to anybody. It's going to be the Egyptian room in Indianapolis uh, <laughs> that is this, that is April 21st, and hopefully it's going to feel like talking. No, no, I'm not like saying like 20 minutes. Uh, of no, I love 90. doing stand up, and it's cool. But even there, like you get to walk around, you don't talk to anybody. You show up in the room, like I get it. I got to talk for 90 minutes. Here we go. Y- you know, I guess that's your job too. But well, no, no, no. For for me. Talking has always been free, and it's always been something that I've I've never in in my mind turned into a job. Right. Like sometimes people say, like you know, I'll do some radio interview with some you know uh, uh, ass crack and back sack in the morning, yeah. and at the end they'll go, "Hey man, hey thanks a lot, man, thanks for taking time." And I always be like, "Hey, thank you." Like, sure. I, I, you know why? I didn't put a roof on your house. You, right. you asked me some questions. Right. You blew a little smoke up my ass, you know. I mean, oftentimes do the, oh, this guy's hilarious, and I read the book, and the book's hilarious, and you were great on blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I sat there and went, thanks. So they do the dance. It's like a little ritual, and there you go, you know. But talking to me, one of the the greater pleasures in life would be to get together with a couple of friends that you enjoy, go out. And have a nice meal and yes. have a couple of beers and a couple of laughs. You know, I'm with you, and, yeah. and in terms of life, simple pleasures. Totally. Just get together with a couple of your buddies who make you laugh. Sit down with them and enjoy a glass of wine. And those and, guys, those comedy guys who are really good at, they can laugh. You know what I mean? Like when people want to, somebody does a bit, they start doing bits and, okay, game on. 
and they can be funny, but right. it's not like they're on all the time, ramming it down your throat, you know, yeah. all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. I love and, it. And so that is this, or that's an extension yeah. of this, and, and this is just conversation. And so for me, it can never be work, and I always did manual labor. I started off in life you know, basically swinging, digging ditches, swinging really? a hammer, doing like work, real work, work. yeah, real work, work. real yeah. work. And so I always associated work with sweat, sure, and getting tar on you and throwing that's your funny. back out and doing that's, shit like that's that. The real shit. That's they made prisoners do that shit, right? I mean, that, that's, that's cool. Hand Luke chain yeah. gang yeah. swinging a sledgehammer on a rock kind <laughs> of thing. Going to Alabama, <laughs> going to see Mrs. Uh, when is it? Miss Day? No shit. I gotta think of that song. Well, anyway, the point is that talking after all those years of working. Talking never felt like work. As a matter of fact, doing anything sitting down never felt like yeah, work. Right, right, right. It's funny. My family's food service. We have a diner in New Jersey. We still right. have it. So from when I was 11, like, I had to work. It's right. Like Busboy, waiter, host, whatever. It's not like that. I mean, that's that's harder than what I did. But food service gives yeah. you a certain kind of... You're and, eating a certain kind of shit in that job. You and when I mean? you sit down, you feel like, yeah. ah, I'm on a break now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So just the notion of working. Just that lower, it's that lower back pain. Like for me, it's that like you can feel it in your body. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm earning yeah. this. Yeah, if you've been standing there for too long. Your shoulders Writing are throbbing. Fart jokes. I mean, sure. It's no. Um, I wanted to talk about something that I thought was a problem. And uh, by the way, we're going to be ah, that's right. We'll be at the uh, Lovitz Comedy Club doing the uh, show tomorrow night. That's right. Andy Dick's going to be on the show. I'll be at the Orpheum Theater. I'm sure you're either there or going to be there. <laughs> yeah. In Phoenix on the 22nd, the Varsity Theater in Minneapolis. You're doing a lot of dates. Wow. Paps Theater in Milwaukee and uh, Uptown Theater, Kansas City, coming up on the 30th. And then the Will Turn out here. Jimmy Kimmel's going to uh, come out and say hi on uh, that one. So uh, you that. don't want to miss that. I did Will Turn last year, and I that was that was challenging. Selling tickets for yes, that? Yes. Yes. That's, yes. Um, how many tickets did you end up selling? You know, I think I ended up selling f- maybe fourteen or 1500 That's pretty damn good. I was psyched, but I could not get past like 800 tickets for a while. I mm-hmm. kept checking with my, my booking agent and be like, sure. how am I doing? He's like, 842. And the next day, <laughs> right. 846. I'm like, oh, right. fuck. Like, cancel the show, man. Like, right, I don't want right. to. But I, they, we like put a billboard we paid for like a billboard on sunset or something and did LA's like, a bitch isn't it bitch man very humbling terrible terrible feeling la's just a fucking bummer i mean yeah i've go to seattle you'll feel good about yourself yeah, right. go to portland and by the way we're going to portland and uh, i know this sounds self-serving but um seattle's my best town really that's a great town and the reason is we did a the Moore Theater, which oh, yeah. was like nineteen hundred seats, That's awesome, and sold out on a Sunday night, which we could never do out no. here or probably anywhere else except for Portland. Portland may give Seattle a run for their money, and we're going to be at a real big place in Portland. So if you're listening in Portland, let's. Uh, when people ask me what's your best city, I just say Seattle, but Portland. Come I, on. I could say Come Portland. <laughs> I could they probably say have Portland. a rivalry, right? There's, there must be some sort they're, of. A... I found out they're about the same size. Really? City. I, I thought Portland Seattle was seems bigger. Smaller. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought, but uh, who the hell knows? Ah, the Schnitzer. That's right. The Schnitzer that is uh, in Portland, it's May 14th. Kind of a Nazi dog sound. Yes, you must be there, <laughs> or you'll be rounded up and brought there. I love how Nazi is Kimmel's name seems. 
Yeah. Because of that Rommel It's Rommel-esque, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got a kind of nice vibe to it. <laughs> yeah. He'd be the desert bear, <laughs> which is like fat, so, fat gay guys with hairy back to jack off to him. But <laughs> So wait, is he, he's coming. He's going to appear. He's going to do a cameo. At your I just turn. basically said, just walk just on. Just hang that meat t- out there. Tell a story. <laughs> yeah, just come on out and uh, give me a break. That'll be good for a few hundred tickets. I'll probably go on a show. How many years have you known that guy? Uh, Let's see. Like well, more than a decade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, his man show was a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I've known Jimmy uh, like coming on like 17 years now. I, I know he's no because I met him right around my 30th birthday, and I met him because of my 30th birthday because oh, wow. I was turning 30, and I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm a loser. I've, I've got to do something, and I showed up at the radio station, and that's where I met Jimmy. Really? And, and I met him a couple of weeks before my 30th birthday, so it was always... It's a nice, an easy marker. It's an easy marker because a, it's right before my birthday, and it wasn't like thirty-seven or twenty-eight yeah, or something yeah. like that. It's just boom, thirty. Yeah. So uh, easy to do the math. Um, yeah, good guy, salt of the earth. He's a good guy. Yeah, I've been on his show a couple times. He's really nice to me because you know I'm kind of an outsider. I, I'm from Jersey, and then I did most of my stand up in New York. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you think of yourself like it's not an LA guy? Kind of. I mean, I moved here two years ago. I live in Santa Monica. Stay under the radar. Mm-hmm. like it it's easy you know why I, I go to lax it's like 10 minutes go do the road sure just go away for the weekend come back and walk yeah around. and then like i said a lot of a lot of it's lot funny of great I, theaters I walk, here i yeah. walk around on, out there and you think oh i'm out of the scene i'm kind of invisible hiding over here no comics i saw steven wright at the coffee bean one day it's hilarious <laughs> just like steven wright at the coffee bean <laughs> how did you ever recognize steven wright <laughs> and then i saw norm mcdonald at some other coffee like norm just shuffling around yeah, he walks around the beach and stuff. He looks so out of place. It's so funny. Norm seems sort of homeless when he's not <laughs> so interesting on his game. I mean, I, I just saw Norm, and I, I'd like to think we're friends. And um, when Norm gets it together, he gets it together. But when he doesn't, he's he's sort of I don't know him well enough. Does he go up and down? Is he just well? Like check out I, you know, he's kind of like. He's like a crazy ex starlet in her sixties, which is Sunset if, Boulevard. Yeah, if, it, well, what I'm saying is, is if she's going to get the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Academy, she'll pull it together. Right. But right, if right, she's right, just right. going down to the Vons on a Tuesday, <laughs> she's going to be a disaster. Right. Yeah, exactly, she'll be wearing exactly. a house coat and slippers. The resting state is. Is right, not, not right. TV ready, but then yeah. you know what normal what normal do is like normal shave, yeah. you know, get a couple crest white strips going, <laughs> right. uh, you know, drop five pounds, put a little Grecian form, comb in a little just for men, put on a suit, and then all of a sudden it's like a different dude. He seems like an authentic guy. Whatever he is, he seems like Norm is what he is. He doesn't he doesn't kind of bullshit. I could be wrong. Again, I talked to him twice. I don't know the guy, but no. Um, no, you know him intimately. You saw him at the coffee bean <laughs> right. in we Tea Leaf in Santa we Monica for ten minutes, and we yeah we were. We no, were he's he's uh, he told me quite. He's told me quite. A, he's first off, he's wildly funny, but he told me some pretty good stories. <laughs> like he told me on the air that he had sex with his best friend's wife while uh, the guy was. I thought m- that was going to come up. Well, gonna- yeah, <laughs> while the guy was mowing the lawn. Wow. In front of the house. And at first you went like, holy shit, that's ballsy. And then second, you think, in a, in a way, it's it's smart. Because you hear that lawnmower just... I mean, first off, there's no way for the guy who's mowing the lawn right. to like go to the neighbor kid. Like, shh, 
push this thing back and forth. And <laughs> right. back. I'm going to run in and see if Norm's right. bone in my. No, wife. that's like catch like, me if you can type confidence. Where you it, know? it's 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 yeah. confident, but it's also like if you're at some chick's house, if you're fucking around with some chick. Who knows if the guy's going to come home from work early for lunch right. or, or But he's what, already whatever. there. He's but he's already lawnmower. there, yeah. and you can hear the... You know, him yeah. going back and forth. And when the mower shuts off, it's time to pull out or finish up you or it. whatever it you is. You get a sound cue. And then uh, we went on to discuss it, and uh turns out he was giving her a little backdoor love. Wow. Which, to me... Was this spontaneous? <laughs> it was just like something... They locked eyes, and then he was like, all right, let's do this. I don't know, but that is... That is brash you, you know what brash. i mean that is uh, that's it's, damn close to brazen <laughs> at that point and then i said well, aren't you kind of worried about the guy and where he might be and stuff and uh he said no we were the position we were in she was kind of looking out the window wow 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 so there's a clear view evidently depending on the light of the day sure you could see into that house maybe i i i guess you could that is that is brazen uh, yeah so uh, that's Norm. He lives in a different, that's a different level of living, I, for better or worse. I, I just call it a lateral move it's at this point. Move. I'm not going to judge. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, Norm, Norm is nuts, Yeah, but not in a bad way. But so many comics, I mean, you've been around. I, I mean, know he's like... He's, what's, what's, I feel like the bar for crazy amongst comedians is, the zero point is different than for a lot of other groups of people, which I'm not going on, on a limb saying that, but don't you think? Sure. And as much, I feel, I'm, I feel very normal and very boring. How, how uh, much? You know, compared to a lot of the guys I know. Sure. How, how much of it is affectation? Like, I've seen the comedians, they wear the vintage kicks, and they have that thing where it's yeah. like they're constantly, they're kind of doing that, that thing where they're rubbing their temples all the time, right. and it's, it's almost, almost like they're going into a routine constantly. Yeah. And, um, it's sort of I don't know like if it's their act has taken over their life or their life yeah. has taken over their act and nobody ever says to them hey get your shit together and they just they're allowed they just start complaining about their therapist and their medication yeah. and they're, they're you know they're forty year old guys who say I can't be in a relationship right. and it's a sort of it's a it's a kind of a, a version of life is a bunch of buddies who are moving and you've just announced you've thrown out your back. Like, like you're just right. going, hey man, right? Don't expect me to drive yeah. or be on time, or I don't and know. Now when give me a microphone because I got a lot to say. Right, about right. It, like, man, Dimitri, I don't know when your birthday is, so don't yeah. expect a gift from Bro, me. And I got I, my shit I'm dealing with. Right, and and I got to say to my ladies, like, listen, I'll fuck you, and <laughs> and you can blow me, but don't expect anything no back. Like, like can't. we can't talk. I can't commit. We can't have kids. Like, I can't do anything. I got to w- figure out which hoodie I'm going to wear. Right. <laughs> right. Isn't it? Yeah. You know what? Like, I remember when I started the comic strip, Lucian Hold, he was the manager of the comic strip in New York. Mm-hmm. He had been there since 76. I think he helped build the place, you know, mm-hmm. from way back. Seinfeld, Chris Rock, all these guys, Sandler, they all come up and go through. I don't know those names. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So. Oh, by the way, I... I I saw um, Grown Ups last night. Oh, I haven't seen and that. And it turns out those guys didn't land on their feet, as it, <laughs> as it right? turns out. Not comedically. <laughs> Financially, swing possibly. Swing and a miss. But uh, comedically, no. A lot of heavy hitters in that. Lots of what, mur- murders row. What was your, how did your schedule lead to that last <laughs> I watch bad movies. But were you home and you're like, all right, I'm flipping through the channels. 
grown-ups. Let me see this. I I am cr- interested in the creative process of creative people who do shitty work. Oftentimes, that is I'm a, very yeah. I'm very interested in very rich people who do shitty work. Yes, and and I think why is this interesting? Right. What are you doing? I mean, like, and everything requires work. That's the weird thing. Everything you have to show up. You have to wake up. It's early. The same. You know what I mean? You have to making work. Making a shitty movie, right. and making a funny movie is about the same effort. Yes. Uh, I mean, minus a couple conversations that you should be having <laughs> right. in between takes, where you go, I don't think that's very and funny. Feeling un- uncertain. You know what I mean? I think right. good stuff involves uncertainty. People just want to be like, yes, I got it. Boom. I'm amazed at, at, at for instance, and then uh, I'll let you get back to yeah, your story. Yeah, my story's going to be boring, yes. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like Jane Fonda was out of films for like 30 years. Yeah. And then she comes back, and she does, uh, you know, Monster-in-Law or Bride-to-Be or sure, whatever, one some of horrible yeah. J-Lo rom-com right. that was just universally pan. Right, her and, mother's dress or something like right, that. Right, right. <laughs> 50 of her mother's dresses. <laughs> and then and, and and then she also did this, like, Georgia Rule movie, which, if you if you bring up the Rotten Tomatoes on Georgia Rule and on, like, Monster, Monster-in-Law or whatever it is, they're just literally two of the worst movies of the year. Right. And so here you are, you're richer and shit, you got more money from doing the fucking ab flex, you know, videos sure. and whatever you got, you're fucking filthy rich, you're married to Ted Turner, you've been out of the game right. for 30 years, and you come back to Ooh, do 7%. two universally panned piles of shit. <laughs> Why? Why not something interesting? Right. I mean, that's the whole thing I want to, you know, that's the whole Sandler thing. Why don't you do something good? You got money? I think it must be you. You must reality is warped. You get insulated. It must be right. Like oh, what they they don't think they're doing. I got to sh- apologize for Monster in Law. That's a whopping sixteen percent. That's a double digiter. Man. Go to top critics. Let's see. Let's see if we can get if we can bring it down a couple of notches. Yeah, thirteen. All right, now go back and hit top critics on Georgia Rule, and let's see if we can keep this under twenty combined. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Come on! Come on! Five. Give us a five. Come on, five. Uh, but I guess people also, man, they get a standard of living. I guess, and they they just got a Georgia their Rule habit. top critic. We got seven over there. Do we hit top critic? Yeah, it's the same as all critics. Oh. Devastating. <laughs> then, then it makes you want to find the seven out of the hundred guys and go. All right. I'm going to pull your epaulets off you but and you know slap what? you with a glove. That's ex- it's weird because that's extraordinary in a way too, right? Oh, not that I want I wouldn't want to be that kind of extraordinary, but that is you're at the end of the bell curve. You're talking to a guy who's got middle. minus four stars on a number of occasions. So right? yeah, so okay. it's better than one and a half. Yeah, no, for sure. But so creatively, yeah. Why, if you're Jane Fonda, why take thirty years off to come back and do? Two of the shittiest movies of the last ten years in the same year. Why come back to that? You have, you do a fucking documentary about you know sperm whales. You play poker with interesting people. You lost a bet. Is that what happened? Think about Sandler. Sandler's a smart guy, and he's a good comedian and all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. and he's a talented guy. He's so pretty is, prolific, I guess, too, right? He's pumping, he's pumping them out. Some would argue too, too prolific. <laughs> and, you know, there's everyone in. And it's like, eh, then he does these movies, and it's yeah. like, ah, who the fuck cares? And I guess he just goes, fuck it, I get rich, and it's a family film. But you can still make it funny if you wanted. I guess it's what your satisfaction comes from, too. Maybe the game changes. Look, I haven't made shit, so I don't know. But it's mm-hmm. like, maybe you're like, you get a high off of 
money. Premier party. Yeah, money, but maybe yeah. the premier parties are like, I don't know, maybe people are blowing but the, Talk the about thing, blowing smoke the, the up thing, your ass. The thing you know? that's insane is you go into those places and you have meetings with those guys and they talk about Paul Blart like it was right. uh, defending your life right. or, or love and death. Well, do or, you balance, like, for every shitty movie you watch, do you, do you say, I got to watch something that, like, I, I, like, I, you know I, either, what I, mean? I either watch the very top of the top right. or I just go right down to the I, bottom. I fucking love defending your life. It's a great that's movie. such a great movie. Like, stuff like that, you're like, that's why I want to be in movies. You yes. know, that's why I want to work it. And then, yeah, you go watch a shitty one or whatever. I just watched The Toy again recently. Mm, with Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's... I don't think it's a great movie, but he's so fucking good. Yeah. It's amazing. The guy... Is Jackie Gleason in that, too? Yes, Jackie Gleason's in it. And this little dude, the, the little kid I heard, yeah. when he got older, he did porn and stuff. Yeah, he did. did. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was wrecking. too busy beating off the bump fight to, <laughs> to, to tear my cock away. That, that little guy over there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's wildly racist. It's crazy in a lot of ways. Uh, everything you know I mean? like, like, everything I mean, was cover- wildly racist back in the day. Yeah. It was a simpler time. But, um, but prior, like, you get these guys who were just... Like Peter Sellers, yeah, Richard genius. Pryor. They're, I mean, sure. it's a legitimate genius. It's amazing. You, the material can suck, and their performance. You see in the guy's eyes, like he's so committed. I think they call that it. But yeah. but you were talking about uh, My, back in the day. All I was going to say was when I started, you're talking about those guys with the hoodies and kind of hipster kind of bullshit stuff. And uh, when I started, you go, you audition for Lucian. And he's watched everybody. And people tell you, oh, you'll go audition for Lucian. He'll watch your set. And then you go in this little booth, and he tells you. He'll, he'll analyze you and dress you down and say, oh. like, this is your act. This is what I think of it, you know. Right. And, and you know, he's been there since 76, and he's passed, you know, Seinfeld and all these guys. So I did my set. And then he goes, well, this low-energy wordsmith you're doing, I've seen it before. <laughs> and he's like, and he lists off all these guys, Stephen right. Wright included, who I sure. love Stephen Wright. I love him, too. Clear influence on me. I, I, you know, I got to do a show with him recently. He was such a nice guy. Super funny. I think he's a brilliant guy. I agree. Yeah, and, uh, but then he was like, you're trying to be weird, but you don't strike me as weird. Like, what? He's like, mm-hmm. um, do you have a... He's like, you're not gay, are you? I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, good, talk about your girlfriend. But it was just do so great. To, do you have to finish with, are you? Like, can yeah, you go, are you gay? Right. Like, what if you are gay? You're not gay, are you? Right. I, as a matter of fact, hold There's on. a judgment on the end of that. Yeah, right, let me take right. cock out of my mouth so I can answer right, that. Right, right, right. Yes, I am gay. Yeah, so, so anyway. You're not a Jew, are you? Right, but, it, but, but yeah, exactly. But there's a great... It's a great kind of passageway. It's it's like a hurdle. Like, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. comics or all these things you think, all right, I'm going to bomb and stuff. But it's funny. You get dressed down and they say, you're not, the, you're, are you this? Are you that? You know, you feel normal for a comic. I think so. Maybe I'm, I'm probably not normal. You don't feel neurotic. I don't feel neurotic. No, but yeah. I, I have very little edge in a lot of ways. It's funny. I see guys on stage and they're like, ah, oh, the fucking government or, oh, man, I was fucking this hooker. And they, they have all this stuff that they... Mm-hmm. The ones who are being authentic, like like Norton. I've known Norton for a long time. Jim. Jim Norton. Like mm-hmm. he's he's pretty prolific. That guy comes up with a lot of stuff, and he, yeah. he lives that life. He's got some oh, great <laughs> stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but I mean that's he's no, being, he's, he's like getting he likes getting peed on. And he stuff likes getting like peed that. on and stuff and by like, Norm Macdonald. And that's, that's right. <laughs> by that's, right, that's his industry fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> that's his comedy, comedy. Yeah, Norton. So like, there's a guy I'd see at the Boston Comedy Club where I used to perform in New York, which isn't there anymore. Or the seller, you know, you see guys and you're like, "Hey, man, that's that's him. He's being real." Yeah, that's who he is. And I think certain guys and girls, their their reality, like what they have to offer on stage, it happens to be very engaging. Mm-hmm. If this guy's 
having sex with a tranny, unprotected sex with a tranny, that's mm-hmm. going to engage a lot of people who are in the room and be like, wow, what happened? You know? Right. Me, I was on the math team in high school. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I can't, I guess, go try to have sex with a tranny. It's not really my move. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to, that's not what I'm going to come at it with. So, so for better or worse, like mm-hmm. me being authentic is going to be probably a little quieter, a little softer. But... It doesn't mean I, I, I think I think my shit, my stuff works. I find my audience. But it is interesting when you come out of that ecosystem, you're hanging out at the cellar with Voss and Patrice O'Neill and these guys. Yeah, know. it's it's sort of it, it, there's a sort of thing in comedy where it's like pick a sport. Mm-hmm. Are, are you are you basketball? Are you football? Are right. you baseball? And if you go not nah, my own sport, they go, no, no, no. Pick right. a sport. Sort of. Right. Sort of. Uh, well, I'll give you a gay reference here. But uh when Why, John, just say reference, man. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> no, when in Greece, John Travolta was like going out for the right. for the team. It's like he right. tried wrestling and he tried baseball right, right, and right, try right. whatever. But what you're saying is, is you just have your own sport. I think so. I'm saying like what I what I'm calling normal is going to be, you know, I haven't I haven't hooked up with hookers and stuff in a lot. Well, of com- let me. You know. uh, but maybe that's not normal for a comic. That's what I'm well, saying. Maybe like if you pulled all the comics, it'd be like, oh, ninety percent. You know, no, with hookers I, in a casino. Like, I get it, you know. I, I mean, obviously a lot of comedians come from a sort of, you know, they're damaged goods. Totally. And it comes from this place. And then some of it becomes this thing where they sort of put it on. I always feel like sort of Chelsea Handler is just kind of putting it on, playing sure, it's it It's kind of like the leather jacket syndrome. Yeah. You can wear a leather jacket, but there was a time when... All yeah. these guys are wearing leather jackets. Now I'm yeah. thinking Norm wore a leather jacket in special. I'm like, who am I throwing under the bus here? But no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, but it's like, but when you say leather jacket, it makes me think of Andrew Dice Clay. That's that's sure. an actor. That's sure. a persona. And right. that's that's what happens. But so then the question becomes, if you feel normal, and I feel normal. Yeah. As a, as a, You're probably not that different than you were when you were 12 in certain ways. Maybe in that sense, it's normal. I don't even like doing comedy. <laughs> right. I just, I just do it for the money. Right. I, I, I clear. I sure. only, only here for the money. When I mean, you, I don't, I don't not like it. I have a sure. choice. The choice is make forty thousand dollars a year swinging a hammer, or make two million dollars a year right. telling jokes or, or, or complaining, swinging a mic. And yeah. I like cars. Yeah. So I got to tell jokes. Right. But I, other than that, I'm not Which, interested. Which, by the way, is is in a weird way, a form of what you're talking about when you see grown-ups and stuff. It's just that it's probably a matter of degree. Yeah, just for you, I, I if you don't, right, right. If you don't want this many cars, right. then you probably don't need to start making creative choices that sacrifice what, you know, your principles. Yeah, and shit. I, I, in a I, sense, right? There's probably no, that, I mean, that there's, slope. There's a va- yeah. Look, there's a, a kind of validation, a kind of an ultimate validation that comes with either sex or money yeah which is i don't care how shitty a job you're doing dressing or how shitty a job you're doing making a movie if it made 41 million dollars last weekend then you've been validated you know what i always say is like if if you're around la long enough and you get to meet enough people and you see what they do off stage and stuff it's like we all have these like weird buttons on us and if you get the chance if you get enough money enough success enough attention it's like people figure out the sequence of what buttons to push on you Mm -hmm. and that guy's gonna either be a sex guy he's gonna be a drug guy He's going to be like a gambling guy. He's going to be like a please like me guy, like please love me. It mm-hmm. seems like if it spins out of control, it's going to be one of those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like he was this kind of person in high school. Now he's got it. Like keys to the kingdom. Like what do you go for? Are you so, a sex guy or are you whatever? You know. For you, I think sadly I'm probably a please like me guy, which I don't want to be. But I, I, I'm not. I'm not a hooker sex guy. I'm not a gambler. You, you go on out on stage because there's a please like me element to that. 
No, you know, I, I feel like for me, I'm, I'm trying to solve my little puzzles. It's my own shit. Like, like I said, I, don't, I walk around. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just writing in my little notebooks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. I think that's funny. Let me go see if other people think. But yeah, it must be a please like me. I didn't get laid in high school. Mm-hmm. I was a dork, you know. What? It's <laughs> shocking, right? But, <laughs> but look, you said you know, you're in the it, math squad. Yeah, but it's funny, too. Like, look, I'm 145 pounds. Like, yeah. it's also what you're given. I'm, yeah. from, I'm from Jersey Shore. Where I'm from, what's valuable is, like, we had the Little League World Champions in 90. Sure. You know, football, uh, hockey, you know, all, Pop Warner, soccer, you know, all this shit. If you're not good at that as a kid, so what are you left with? Uh, I, you know that's, all, that's all I was good at as a kid, and that's uh, that's what I you know that was always the plan for me. I just so, thought, but it's interesting, right? Because you have a that's a beeline. Other dudes like you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm the kid on Little League where they're like, "Who's up to bat, Dimitri?" Fuck, <laughs> you know I mean? and that's your parents. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, do we need a fourth outfielder? Just fucking put him out oh. there. It's fine. You know. Yeah. I mean? So what do I end up doing? I end up writing like weird jokes about rowboats and stuff. I mean, that's that's the good. announcer. <laughs> Now batting, Dimitri Martin. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, so for me, it's a miracle. It's my weird way into comedy. It's like, hey, cool! I can be up in front of people. Good, yeah. I, uh, I something that was driving me nuts while I was just out on the road recently was uh, Mike August, the guy who travels around with me, who does the booking. He's nice enough to book the shit, then show up for the shit. Yeah, that's nice. And I go solo, man. He likes free food. I like the company. He likes the, you know, he he's got he's got my rider worked out, except for all the riders, basically his shit. Like I don't, nice. I, I never ask for oatmeal cookies, except for I now have oatmeal <laughs> so cookies everywhere like I go because hand, yeah. because uh, <laughs> Mike wants oatmeal cookies. But um, and he does a great job, and he has like an old school cell phone, and a lot of the times. Like, if we're driving from one place to the other, like, I think we were driving from Pittsburgh to Indianapolis, and wow. he set up some radio phoners, you know? Well, so so in I'm, the car, you I'm get, in the car, and yeah. I'm, like, rolling rolling the phone calls, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he turns the stereo down and rolls the windows up, and I'm sure. um, I'm cracking wise. You're doing, like, 10, 15 minutes to pop? Yeah. One after the other. Yeah. One after the other. You know how it goes. And more on one more than one occasion, his cell phone rings. And one of the things... That essentially drives me insane in life. There are things in life that drive me insane, but it's always the preventable things. Right. Like tsunamis don't drive me insane. That's just plate tectonics. Out of our control. Completely act of God. Not that I believe in God, but we didn't do anything to cause that. Um, You'd be a crazy person if that's the kind of stuff that's pissing you off. Right. But then there's shit or deeply religious, or both. And then there's shit we actually sort of design into our life that drives me fucking insane. And his cell phone, and I've been complaining about this for a long time. I know. But you just want it off. Well, no. What I would like on a cell phone, if I was designing a cell phone, is I would like the phone to ring once. Right. And then give you an opportunity to answer said cell phone before it rang three more times. That makes sense. Because what would happen is, is he has his cell phone sort of sitting in the console of the SUV we're driving. Right. I'm talking to Ass Crack and Backsack right. in the morning. Right. And all of a sudden, his phone rings. 
And he, you know, he knows I'm on the phone doing an interview. Yeah. He immediately reaches for it. He's panicking, like, I got to get this thing. But the phone doesn't give a but, shit. It's just going to keep ringing. It just, but it rings three more times in the yeah. time it takes. Now, he's moving on the first sure. ring. What do we need the subsequent <laughs> rings for? Like, if it just rang the first time, it's... do you think he'd go, well, that's the end of that? Right. And I brought a, a cell phone in. It is uh, my assistant Matt's cell phone. And I just wanted to give you guys a little flavor Tell me if you think there's a second, like a full one, between two, rings. between Sounds, rings. Yeah. Right. So you're at the movie theater. You're at your. You're at the wedding. You're at the funeral. And you're not uh, you're, holding it in your hand, which yeah, nobody does. Nobody so does. You, yeah. You're at the, even if it does, you're hard pressed again. <laughs> All right. All right. Now you're fucking trying no, to get it out of your purse. There's no break even. Right. That was it. it. It's less than a second. That's like some, yeah, it's way but less. But why? I mean, here's the thing. Stop it for a second. If if the motherfucking thing just rang, I'll, I'll, I'll do a simulation. If it, yeah. you know, it's sitting down in front of me, let's just say we're talking. I'm doing an interview. I got a stopwatch if you want. All to right. Ahead. The phone rings. Why not give me a fucking chance to reach for it? Like, I, I'm yeah. not, it's not, yeah. it's not like I'm going to be sitting here. All right, come on, Katie, dial it up. The thing's going to ring, and I'm going to go... You're fucked either way. The phone won't even ring when you want right, it to. Right, right. Yeah, got bad service here. <laughs> Point is, why, how many people are embarrassed at movie theaters, right. at funerals, at, at any kind of functions? Somebody's giving the bed... Oh, there it is. Right. Yeah, that's three seconds already. Yeah, I don't know. Why did, why did it go it's mute now? All of a sudden, it just faded out. All right, the point is this. Do you have a ringtone, or are you on vibrate for your phone? What do you do? I uh, I have an earpiece thing that seems... I can't figure it out. I think it goes in the earpiece. The point is this. How about a cell phone where there is a ring, and then you get a nice five Mississippi before the next one? Let everybody... Very easy. At the, at the funeral home, let everyone in the movie theater, let everyone, in this case, Mike August, when I'm on the phone yeah. talking to Bob and John or whoever, boom, you can... It's now rang. You have your opportunity to pick it up. The Way better. Phones, Way better. Who decided? Because the phones at home have done this for the last hundred years. Bring. Break. And even Bring. stop. And, yeah. They would crap out. Right. Right? Phones were programmed to be like, after a certain number of rings, I think, it right. would just give up. Right. Like, we get it. Right. I don't know why cell phones How about don't this? do that. How about this? Not that everybody wears a watch, but most people do. Why not just a little thing, an app or something that goes to your watch? You just click it. If the phone rings, mm-hmm. your watch blinks or vibrates on your wrist. Right. It doesn't even have to be on your person. I, I like get that. It. We're I, done. I, I I just can't. And, and again, I don't know if it can be programmed. And someone is going to tell us this. But if you can program it in and see if you move. Oh, if you move the phone so, suddenly, it quiets the ring. Oh, really? Wow. That's so pretty to, smart so on you this have phone. To, you have to look panicky. You have to freak out. <laughs> the phone do dominates you either way. It's like you're not going to embarrass anyone by the sound, but... Actually, you doing a shoulder roll is going to embarrass the other folks. Uh, he's falling down some steps. Let's. He deserves it. Okay, All right, we'll so quiet down. I get it. The phones. I, I'm now digging through my pockets well, of my cargo pants. What I like is that is. ringtones have no cognizance of like the emotional state of the person right. or anybody around it. So, like you say, you're at a funeral. Some right. old guy has some goofy fucking thing like that. Yeah, and it's I, like his wife died or something, and I don't know who's calling him when his wife died. But well, you know what I'm saying. It's w- like 
I know what you're saying. Yeah, there should be. There, I, I'm, I'm a tech tone appropriate. I think rings. I'm, I lean more towards technophobe. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm not an early. You know how they say early adopter of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm so resistant to all this stuff. Yeah, and I've eventually like you know you kind of get twisted into it. You're like, I guess I have to do this. Like society is passing me. I have to do this. Well, there is a thing where once everyone else gets a cell phone. You need a cell phone. Well, then you're an asshole. Like, it makes you right. an asshole. Like, I, I, went, I had lost five cell phones at some point, and I was like, I'm not going to have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. But, of course, pay phones don't work anymore. Sure. And then you, you, you're you, a you, creep. You're like a weirdo. You, can't you, become, you become this asshole. You become my buddy Donnie, who says, um, I'm not going to get a cell phone, and I'm not going to have an ATM card because i end up taking out too much money on a so then, friday can you night spot that, me can you spot me 20 bucks and can i borrow your phone <laughs> by the way it's, that's the ass wipe you turn that's the ass wipe you turn making into making yourself an asshole yeah. uh by the way dimitri martin is here the book is this is a book and it is out on tuesday april 26 first 250 uh, pre-orders are going to win a hand drawing by dimitri i will draw by the way i've already committed to 500 of those that i have to draw in the next couple days oh really now it's nice you get to move some books and then you have to go home and sit in your little apartment and uh, draw i did i committed to five thousand book plates jesus five thousand what'd you do how'd you break it up um, you, <laughs> I mean, they were like every morning, you're just sitting there like, okay, I got to do a hundred. Here's how it would work. I would grab a stack of these book plates that was about four or five inches thick, just a, a stack of them, which probably represented about 800 book plates that came in a box. <laughs> then you get a razor blade and you'd be like, which is, yeah, which I kill myself. <laughs> and then I would lie down in bed and I would prop myself up on the pillow and I would lie next to my wife and she would turn on one of her shows and I would just sit there with the Sharpie, just write, sign it, slide it to the back, sign it, slide it to the back. But every time at a certain point, somewhere around minute, somewhere minute 86 to 93, I would start cursing like, oh, give me a break. And what I would do is I would slide the next one thinking, okay. Right. Okay, right. come is, on, my fucking signature, I fucking signed the first one well over an hour ago, and I've been signing like a fucking maniac, like as fast as I could write, and bullshit, that right. thing's got, what are these, did Marshall Brodeen come it's up with these fucking come, things? Come on, where is it? Where is it? Never where? Come, you're never so, getting that time And it's why I have a weird feeling about... 25 cards before I get to the end that that's the one that should be. So right. the last 25 would be like, okay, okay, this isn't funny. These what fucking, the fuck? What the, doilies. This is bullshit. Is this fucking novelty ink? What is this, lemon juice? What's going on? And then I would get up and start walking around and signing them. Wow, that's good. Maybe I should try something like that. Yeah, that, that helps. You start walking It'd around. It'd be weird if it's like you're only supposed to sign your name so many times in your life. Once you do, then you fucking die. So you just you just took years off your life. It's like, oh, I didn't know you die, and you're like, that's really shit. Yeah, shit. No wonder. So why. God goes, look, there's a, a certain amount of legal work. You know, there's like, it's just how it goes. There's a, when you get your first. Okay, let's say he owns a condo and a house. All right, that's a couple of documents there. So he's got that. If we get it. You get to be a homeowner. Right. Right. Checks. Okay, you're right. you're responsible. You do banking. Let's what do you want to be famous? 
Ah, it's too miscellaneous. Like, like you what, bored in summer school working on your signature in right. case the rock band ever takes off. Right. Give you 50 there for you that. go. You get some of those. No, I would be. Field day. You I sign would, some people's shirt. Your friend breaks his arm. There you go. You sign a cast. You can I, do that. I would be completely fucked at these uh, 5,000. And then the other 5,000 just of people bring them books oh, to the uh, shows. So this, and doing that stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you remember the first? I don't, I'm assuming you've gotten some autographs in your life, you know, when you were a kid or something. No. Just, I, only, I think I've only gotten three. I'm sorry. I just never, we never, I never met any oh, famous funny. people. Well, I, I don't know how much I have on you here. Or I probably have three. It's pretty good. Well, uh, my first one was uh, Bowser from Shanana. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my dad took, <laughs> my dad took yeah. me to see Shanana. It made a fist. They had a huge yeah. mouth. And it was also funny because Bowser would make a muscle, except for Bowser didn't have much of he didn't have he had like yeah i'm with you yeah 12 inch pythons right you know, and he had like, like a muscle strip yeah, it's like, like a tank tank hey, it's bowser and yeah. he make muscles right i was i was you really got bowser's nice. autograph and then uh professional skateboarders were the other two. Oh, really i was into skating would we know who they were um one was uh a guy named per wheelander <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think it was. He was I the Bowser was, professional <laughs> skaters. I mean, oh yeah, he didn't have biceps, but he man, he could. And God, who else did I get? I forgot my third one, but I remember going to these like skate jams in the eighties. I'm thirty seven, so mm-hmm. I'm you're forty seven, right? So I'll so, turn forty seven in a few months. Yeah, cool. I'm yeah, in, in May. I'm thirty eight. Yeah, in uh, May I'm uh, forty. Whoa, 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 what's your birthday? May twenty fifth. Oh, May twenty seventh. Oh, really? Yeah. Bob, don't you have Bob Dylan's birthday? I fucking hope you not. Bring that up. I think I'm you should be pissed about that's Bob a thing Dylan's. to bring up. <laughs> I think you. I want John you share, Hyatt's birthday, not fucking Bob Dylan's I birthday. I got Ralph Waldo Emerson. I was laughing about. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, and was, Miles Davis. Sorry, go ahead. I was laughing about uh, Bob Dylan playing the uh, Grammys a couple of weeks back. Oh, I saw that. He had those guys behind him, the young guys. All yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially. The wall of sound, you know, like yeah. 26 banjos and 46 guys just pounding away on acoustic that's, guitars. That's Bob and Dylan just saying, fuck you to the world, right? What he's doing. That's now. Bob Dylan saying, I ain't going with just my voice and my guitar because I, I, I'm going to have a, a wall right. of, of people. That, that is, once in a while, if you watch a porno movie and the chick's wearing the corset or whatever, that that's fat chick who <laughs> right. doesn't want to show off her. That thing doesn't come off. She's, that right. means she's got some stretch marks right. and a C-section scar. Right, right, right. There's but some weird stuff going on. He just keeps screaming. May 24th. Okay, okay. Thank God. Dodge the bullet. He, he just keeps screaming, I ain't going to work on Maggie's farm no more. And, and all of them are screaming. And, right. and somewhere around the 28th time, I just yelled at the TV set. Maggie dodged a bullet because she doesn't need some <laughs> decrepit Jew this working Jew. at her farm. Like, could you mad? Could there be a worse farm hand than Bob I Dylan? Like, where you go, like, hey, hey, Bob, take Bob, those bales of hay and put them up in the in the loft. <laughs> eh? well, eh. Even and, when he was young, do you want Bob Dylan? No, I feel lady? like he'd be wearing weird. You know, he'd be wearing like Beatles boots and complaining all the time. He's all of 125 pounds. Who's that, who's that surly Jew in the barn? What's he just on, drove man? a fucking backhoe through Maggie's living room. This guy didn't lift a finger. He's been complaining. Maggie is pissed that he's been on the farm for as long as he has. Like, Maggie's like, I just talked to him for five minutes. The guy came home with me. I didn't even... I bet if we could find Maggie, she'd be like, I don't want that fucking spindly Jew anywhere near... He smokes. He gets drunk. He falls asleep in the hay. He lit the, the way, fuck, love... tried to fuck my daughter. Right. I, but, I love any adjective plus Jew. It's immediately hateful. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't gonna work on Maggie's farm no more. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's a genius. He's a genius. Yeah. Prolific, no, I don't. I don't prolific. like the guy. I don't like him. 
I don't like him because he's an animal. I I don't like. I ain't gonna work on fucking Maggie's farm more. Like that. Me, I feel like I could have written that song. I could, you know, right. I could write about Maggie's car wash, Maggie's sure. uh, convenience store, Maggie's coin op laundry. Like it's just right. he, he. You know what? He he made it folky. Just he's like, I need a folky word. Farm done. I, I just I just think he's. He's done. When you put 11 banjos behind you and tell everyone to play like you just fucking did a rail at trucker speed, that means That's you're just, not counting on your flexing, own shit. You're flexing folk muscle, man. If you got 11 banjos, you're like, one is enough, but I want 11 banjos. This, this is equivalent to when Tesla you, of banjos. When you walk out on stage yeah. and you bring a big steamer trunk That's full right. of shit, That's it's right. time to hang it up. That's right. And I'm edging dangerously close. <laughs> That's not true. I have my little drawings. That's a funny thing, though. I, I, I shackled myself into... Uh, mm. I did some drawings in my first special. Mm-hmm. Because I watched all the other specials. I'd go to those Comedy Central tapings. Mm-hmm. Watch my friends doing sets live. You would? Yeah, I would go to the tapings. I'd see, like... I remember seeing Louis Half Hour. Mm-hmm. Louis Black did one that year. It was like, this is 99, 2000. They did them in the same theater in New York. I think they still do them there. You see them do their special. And you think, hey, you had a great set. That's great. And you know, they would make you do... 26 minutes or 28 minutes for a 22 minute special whatever it was sure then they can fiddle around with it you get no access to the edit there right. you go you don't see it till it's on TV then I see my friend's special I saw it live now I see it on TV they take his closer they make it the second commercial break right take right. the tag off whatever and you're like are you kidding me sure oh, God. Oh, they're always well it's, it's, it's a treadmill they just uh, pump them out of course so for me I was like I'll tell you what first act sure I'll do my jokes here we go straight mm-hmm. jokes that's how I usually do them we right. go to commercial. They'll fiddle with that. They're going to fuck with that. I get it. Second one, I'll do these drawings. Have fun pulling up drawings. Have fun right. changing the order of my jokes because there's a stupid pad right next to me here that you can't... You're, I, you're like rebel with a steno pad. <laughs> They're not going to fuck with you. I, you, you know what? I'm, Don't I'm spinning this. I'm putting an edge right out, on this. Dude. I'm putting an edge right on this. <laughs> wow. I'm the Bob Dylan of prop comics. Here we you go. You ain't going to work on Maggie's <laughs> pad no more. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. <laughs> Tell you about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one of those things, right? Well, you got automotive uh, insurance? Sure. Well, then bundle it. Put it together and save. Geico makes it easy. Take your homeowner's or renter's policy. Put it together with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too. Yeah, we already have enough to do. Go to geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save. It makes it easy. Visit geico.com today. That is geico.com. And that was Adam talking to Dimitri Martin back in 2011. Very exciting. All right. Let's 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 uh, let's end this show with one more clip. This one, the 80th Rotten Tomatoes game ever. Natch, he's back. He's hosting a Hawaii-themed round of the game. It's Alonzo Bowden, Matt Atchley, Gina Grant, and Brian Bishop. Alonzo's not in this portion. It's Adam Carolla Show 1852. It's from July of 2016. Atchley, Grant, and Bishop. Check it out. All right, uh, let's play the game, man. He's the guy with the fresh and rotten movie game. Now it's time. Please, let's go! 
theme, Matt Ashley. So the theme is based on my recent vacation. I was in Hawaii for Ooh. a week and a half and uh, decided at the suggestion of somebody on Twitter that this week's game would be movies set in Hawaii. Ooh. I had a uh, talk with the guys doing <laughs> – I would like a uh, – like I'd like to watch a series of short movies on uncomfortable conversations where <laughs> – you ever get this situation where you're talking to someone and you're really pressed on time, but the other person doesn't really know it, mm-hmm. and they lay out something? Mm-hmm. Like, I was in two stories. I was in Cannes uh, on the French Riviera, had to meet with some dudes from whatever, Time Magazine, something, something, before going to the party where, um, Oh, well, Chris from the, uh, what's the name from Coldplay was playing and, uh, Will Smith was getting up there and rapping with him like the most south of France, incredible $2,000 a ticket. Uh, Norm who flew us over there was like waiting in the limo kind of thing. And I had to meet with these guys from Time Magazine or something online, whatever, just get a drink, say hi, whatever. And, and had to, and then ran into a sort of a friend, but not that good a friend, but someone I knew pretty well. It's exact. Oh, my God. What are you doing here? Oh, no. Oh, hey, my wife is here. Hey, come here, honey. And then you have to do that move where you're like, I got, I can't. Like, this is great, but. Hey, so, man. Sorry. Yeah, I got to I gotta go over here and go over there. But it seems weird. I, We're I, already here. You want to grab dinner with us? I had to meet a guy at a shop on Saturday. Totally slammed press for time. He's going to run in and run out. I'm going to run in. I was like, I'm going to show you this thing on this car and then I got to fly back out. And he's like, just get back from Hawaii. I said, oh, okay, there you go. Anyway, let's talk about the car. And he goes, uh, first day I got there. Yeah. Appendix burst. Pulls up his shirt. It's got a big fat scar going across. It's in the hospital the entire time I was in Hawaii. And I was like, wow. Well, there you go. Anyway, let's get down to metallic base in this paint. Like, like there should have been three hundred follow up questions with a sympathy cake as well, but I had no time right. at all. So I did a quick like, "Wow, man, that's oh, uh, wow. that's bad Stop times. It's bad times." Anyway, I got the color swatch for the car. Like, we all haven't we all been in yes. those situations oh, yes. where someone brings up something happened bad or good or whatever, and you just they don't know you have no time. Uh, this was uh, this was that. All right, so Hawaii, and these are movies that took place. These are movies that are set in Hawaii. Set yes. in Hawaii. Uh, uh-huh. All right, first up, uh, 2004 film uh, starring critics' darling Adam Sandler. Uh, teams him up with Drew Barrymore. Uh, she plays a woman who has a specific type of amnesia. She can't remember anything from one day to the next. The movie is Fifty First Dates. Now, this is a very nice Adam Sandler movie, not in the sense that Adam Sandler movies are usually. You know, things about, you know, it's uh, crazy. Adam Sandler movies, he's insanely violent in most of all his movies. If you really, you take a look he's at a like, Mr. Sociopath. You take a look at Mr. Deeds or something like that. He's punching people out left yeah. and right. Like, like and... If, if you had a friend that did any of what he does, these super lovable, likable, friendly, outgoing guys, there's like lots of, it's a lot of rage. A lot of rage. Like, yeah. A lot of punching people. Oh, and also, uh, I don't know why, but I caught the last uh, eight minutes of uh, Octopussy. <laughs> Not a bad movie. I always say this. When I say, when I say to people, number one attribute of all action stars, mm-hmm. and they go, Biceps. And I go, nope. nope. They go, got to be brave. And I go, nope. Got to be able to ride a motorcycle. Nope. Grip. 
Yep. Grip, grip is the number one. Th- the thing, the only thing that sets action par- guys apart from Alonzo Bowden in the Hold next on. thing is grip. Yeah. He, I tuned in. He jumped on the back of an airplane that was leaving. Like he just ran up to the back of the airplane. He jumps on the back. The guy takes off. He's crawling up the mm-hmm. back of the fuselage. The guy's turning over and doing barrel rolls and outside loops and stuff. He's hanging on. Not Sean Conner. Roger Moore's Moore. hanging on. Then at a certain point, another guy. I don't care how dedicated henchmen you are. When the pilot goes, get out there and get fight that guy. It's like, uh, what are we talking about? Land? It's like, cruising altitude. I'll fight him in the Sky Lounge <laughs> when I get a few drinks in me and we get on terra firma. No, I'm not going out there to fight. How about you fly the plane in such a way that knocks a 180-pound guy off the roof of the plane? Well, and then later, you got to figure the other henchmen are like, oh, my God, did you see what Mike did? Now we're all expected to do that. Yeah, now you've sent the henchman bar yeah. like <laughs> through the roof. By the way. Thanks a lot, Doug. The good news is. We'll never know because Mike's not coming back. <laughs> How'd you know his name is Mike? But Mike is never coming back because he's going to go to the roof. The last guy you want to fight is the guy who's still on the airplane yes. after doing the barrel rolls, right? Like, if you just said, a, hey, there's just some dude on the top of the plane. Now go get him out of there. Gladly. <laughs> Boss, that's Spider-Man. I but can't knock him off. That's the guy with the insane grip. Mm-hmm. He's, he has a track record of great gripping. It is a silly order to make the guy go out there and get him because within a few, within a, a five minutes, you're going to be in the altar where you can't breathe. So just keep going. Well, there's this one, too. Like, how about this? How about we just lock the hatch door? <laughs> What's you going to do? Crawl in the exhaust pipe? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. He's not the thing that's on the the wing. And uh, God forbid you radio ahead and have more henchmen ready to shoot him when you land. Yeah. Hey Shatner, reel it in. <laughs> Being the voice of reason was never that henchman's strong suit. <laughs> no, it's always like go get him. One hit, step out of your boss. I'm gonna crawl out. He crawls out. Like He's it. crawling around on the top of the plane. Lo and behold, guess who wins? One guy, the super says, secret agent. One guy is rich experience in clinging on to airplanes. The other guy only uh, rides on the inside of airplanes. So has no experience with this. He gets thrown off the airplane, and then when the airplane crash lands, you got to just play the crash landing part. At a certain point, the engine crash lands, and you know, you know how it goes. You just jump out before. Sure. It blows yeah, up. Yeah. And it's done and done. It's, it's and then he grabs then one more good grip. He's been gripping on the top of the plane the whole time. And then he goes ass over tea kettle with the hot chick. And then he grabs her. Mod Adams or something like that. Wait a minute. We, we'll just, I'll just show it to you because it'll, it'll make you laugh. They made it in the plane. A certain point's Uh-oh. going over the cliff. He pushes her out. But the hanging on to the top of the plane, not enough. He's got to grab. Yeah. Now he's gripping. holding a rock? <laughs> it's all... It's all grip-oriented. Go back. Go back uh, four, four minutes, Gary. You can watch him on top. It's, everything is grip. It's all grip. It's 1,000%. That, that is their oh. superpower is grip. And that's not even the first time we've seen James Bond just hang on to the outside of a plane. That's right? the thing. With Roger Moore, we've seen that at the beginning of Moonraker, too. Right. Oh, wow. There he is. Moon what? Oh. Moon raker. Okay. One who rakes the moon. Gotcha. Look at him. He's hanging on there. <laughs> he really <What>? is. <laughs> the guy's just putting in a full nosedive. He's just hanging on. It's not like there are handles on top of the plane, either. He's just hanging on to the gutter. In his wingtips and tucks. Yeah. Now he's going to go do some... do it in style. Yeah. He's going to do some barrel rolls. <laughs> It's, it's more fun. It's, it's upside down. There's, there's more fantastic than any superhero movie ever. Is yeah. He can hang on to an airplane. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
All right. You got to leave it to the part where he tells him to go. Thinks, thinks he got rid of him. Turns out he's... Uh-oh. Oh, I like this part. Oh, he pulls the wires out. That's right. You know how it is. You, you get that hatch and uh, you unplug the... You pop it open, then you can, unpl- you can unplug uh, one of the engines. Uh-oh. That's what he did. I would communicate with Roger Moore and go, guess who's on this plane as well? <laughs> <laughs> Best case scenario... Yes. Plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He disabled it because you know the planes have that hatch where you can pop yeah, it open right. and just yank it's the wires. Kind of fly. They would have fixed it by now. <laughs> well, because as an engineer building planes, like sure. Well, yeah. Who would be on this while it was in motion? All right. So uh, fifty first oh, Yeah. Where was I? Yeah. Good. Uh, this cute Adam Sandler movie. I thought Drew Barrymore was very nice in it. It was kind of a fun for for Sandler movie. I'd say this is amongst his best. I agree with that. All right. Um, but the critics couldn't have loved it. Sandler. But but it was sort of before Sandler really started yeah, that so slide that into Crazy. Sandler movie things. I say the critics liked it. They didn't love it. I'm going to go with 61%. I think you're right about what you said earlier. I think this is one of Adam Sandler's two or three best movies since maybe 2000. Uh, but I think the critics have started to turn. My guess is 38. Oh, mm. yeah. I I actually kind of enjoyed this movie, and I think they're going to give him credit for it. I went 58. Uh, 51st date is rotten at 44%. Ooh, that puts us right. What'd you have it at? At 38. And Gina? 58. All right. All right. All right. Uh, next up, 2008 film uh, that stars Jason Siegel as a man trying to get over his breakup mm. uh, with his TV star girlfriend, uh, Kristen Bell, uh, plays the title character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Good. Funny. Speaking of seeing too much dong. Yeah. A lot of dong. Um, <laughs> Any amount is too much. You're protesting a lot, Brian. One of these movies. Too much. This is where the Russell Brand uh, Aldous Snow character was born, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is a funny movie. Yeah. uh, It's good. That's a good movie, and it sort of was what it was. I, I'm. It'll be one of these things where the critics have it. They must have liked it. They liked everyone in it. I'm going to say. 79, although I'll be pissed if it's lower, even because it is, it's just one of those like, hey, it's, it's a solid. comedy. It's all solid movie. comedy. Like, why wouldn't you just go, yeah, give it a, give it a C plus all the way. I mean, I wouldn't give it more than a C plus, but I'm mm-hmm. saying you got to get over 60%. It's a comedy. It's good. You get said over se- 60. 79? 79. I said 80. Very interesting. I think this is, remember, this is 40 year old virgin knocked up, came before people love those movies. I went 76. Getting Sarah Marshall is certified fresh at 85%. Mm. It came after those movies, didn't it? Yeah, I thought Yeah, it. that's yeah, what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, good for the critics. 85%. Mm. All right. All right. Next up, uh, 2011 film uh, starring George Clooney uh, as a husband and father of two girls. His wife uh, gets an accident. Turns out he's she's been having an affair. Uh, leads to an emotional crisis for him. Uh, the movie is The Descendants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great soundtrack. Good movie. Let's see. God, I think this movie got some nice notices, but I can't remember exactly what. None critics should like this movie. Matthew Lillard as the uh, <clears throat> as the cheating uh, husband? Yeah. Huh. 
No, wait, wait, no, did you like, see this, Gia? No, I, I've actually been told not to see it because it's so emotional. It's so it's so devastating oh, to watch. And the girl is um, Shailene Woodley. That's it, Shailene Woodley. I yeah. like her. I'm gonna say the critics liked it. Ninety-one. Oh. 94. This is a great movie. I also said 91. Uh, the Descendants is certified fresh at 89%. Ooh. You know, I've shaved a couple of points off Brian, jumped out to lead. It's going to be it's a pretty tight race mm-hmm. coming down mm-hmm. to it. All right. Uh, next up, 2014 film uh, sees the uh, title character go stomping through downtown Waikiki, uh, making his first landfall. The movie is Godzilla. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Funny, just Brian, you a fan of this remake? Um, no? <laughs> Question mark? No, I didn't like this. Well, good for this. I mean, these... Cranston was great, and Cranston's always good and everything. It, it's the, the problem with these movies is it, it had a lot of interesting stuff in it. It's just they never quite... There's always this problem, which is, to me, in these these movies, which is... You know, they, they, they fire up the patchy helicopters and then the guy hits it with the Gatling gun with the spent uranium bullets in it. And they're like, oh, that'd be like you getting shot with a 22 or something. It's like, yeah, it would. It like we have, we have sidewinder missiles and stuff. Like we have stuff, we have bunker busters. We have stuff that goes down eight stories into the, in, through uh, Saddam Hussein's bunker and then ignites. Like all the take is one F 18 just to, just to put the thing out. And it's like, well, but he's, but see, the thing is, he doesn't have super. He's a giant monster, but he's not a superhero. Like all the whatever Superman, he just puts his hand out and blocks the bullet. Like you can never blow him up. Like whatever it is, it's fine. But this is a living organism and a living creature, and thus that should do the job. You think so? I'd like a world where we didn't have access to these things, or there's nothing we could do about it, or whatever it was. But every time I see the military helicopter pull up with all the missiles on it, and then the thing like swats it out, like. Yeah, yeah. I think we could get him. But uh, lots of fun stuff and then stupid stuff. And I feel like there was a chance here for some things in this yeah. movie, but it just never... I had problems with this movie. ...fully came together. Cranston was in it not nearly enough. He, yeah. he, was, he was all over the trailer, and he was like, oh, he's in it for four minutes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to say the critics didn't love it and hate it. Uh, put it in between... Jeez, I don't I remember. It's a big buildup, and everyone likes Cranston. It's Godzilla, so it, you know, it can be kind of bad. To, yeah. I'm going to go 54%. Oh, I actually went higher. I didn't like this movie, but I remember seeing – I saw the, the, the thing at the, the Chinese theater, like the premiere, and then all of a sudden I saw the reviews, and I was shocked it was so high, I think, so I put 68%. Whoa. I know nothing about it. I said 42 Godzilla is certified fresh at 74%. Oh. Good night. Oh boy! Garbage. Real fun. You screwed me up. (laughs) I I was right. (laughs) No, I saw it and kind of liked it. I saw it in the theater with uh, Matt, the Porcelain Punisher, out on a book tour or something, and I was like, "Eh, "That's all right." You know, I mean, it's Godzilla. You can't. It's not high art. It's not Merchant Ivory. It's Godzilla. (laughs) And I remember going, "All right," and I probably would have given it somewhere in the low seventies. You screwed me, man. All right. The lead actor wasn't up to the task. Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. One more movie? Uh, Our final film uh, is a 2015 film uh, from legendary director Cameron Crowe, and it stars uh, Bradley Cooper, Mm. uh, and in a movie that has so far looks like it may have ended somebody's career, uh, the movie is Aloha. 
Oh, is this where Emma Stone plays a Japanese girl? That is correct. Okay. So um, this, is, this game's still wide open because this is bad. This could be 10% bad. This yeah. could be 40% bad. What did you go on your last one, Brian? I went 68. All right. And it was 74. Mm-hmm. All right. I got You'd like it. to know the score difference. Nah. I got it. It's, it's sort of, I don't know. It's up to you. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to jump in. I got to make up 20 points here. So I got to go. <clears throat> I've got to go 11%. Oh, that's your number? That's my number. Shoot, I think it went way too high. Um, I was on a plane recently. My options were, that I hadn't seen of the movies they had were this and the Entourage movie. And as a lover of Cameron Crowe, one who owns Say Anything, one who owns Vanilla Sky, one who owns Almost Famous, I chose the Entourage movie because I couldn't bring myself to watch this. Well, as a guy who loves Entourage, I'm going to be fine with that. Uh, I said 30. 20. Aloha is rotten at 19%. Mm, split it. Brian, right yeah, but you're only off by eight points. Yeah, but I was off the pace of by twenty-one or twenty-two, probably. So well, I was off by twenty-one. Mm. I said thirty. Yeah, but I needed to. I needed to land that one on the number and get the additional five okay. points. Yeah. All right, here we go. Gina Grad bringing up the rear with fifty-eight, Ace with fifty-three, and Bald Brian with thirty-three. Oh, he's oh. at a much bigger lead. He had a twenty-three or twenty-four point lead going into the last one, and then he was only ten off as well. All right. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, we met in the middle. Almost blew it there at the end. All right. I never even seen it. I just heard it was. How can Cameron Crowe do that? I mean, how is he capable? He's been slipping because Elizabethtown was not good. Very disappointing. Then the zoo movie, which. Right. We bought a zoo. Yeah. Oh, that one. And then uh, this one. Some guy. I think some people lose their fastball. They do. It sucks. I love. uh, There's a lot of those directors that they get to a point where they don't have to listen to anybody. Mm. Right. And they don't take notes and they're not hungry and nobody. You don't have a producer. You don't have writers. They can kind of just do whatever they want, and that can be bad. Mm. Brian, so we're allowed to admit that we really like Vanilla Sky. I love Vanilla Sky. Oh, God. I've been it's carrying really that around underrated. for so many years. You ever seen that, Adam? No. Tom Cruise? Yeah. Everybody's I love that Cameron movie. Diaz. And I recognize that it's not well-reviewed for the most part. It's like 50 or 60%, but I love it. I do, too. I think in his dream sequence when he's going down Manhattan, he's going through. Uh, it's all empty. I think he had a Ferrari, a 64 Ferrari GTO. <laughs> he he very I remember the important part. He was a publisher of uh, magazine a, Empire or whatever. Uh, it's only, uh, it's all our members. He may have had a Ferrari GTO. <laughs> Would have been a replica, but that's what I remember. That, Love that movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Rotten or fresh. 42 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, by the way. Did you see... No, you like guys it. have the wrong. You guys like have op, you guys opposite taste sometimes. But did you see Abba well, Los it's, Ojos? It's, it's like I did. It's it's like Indian food is not good or bad. It's just Indian food. Like Matt actually doesn't like Indian food. Uh, you love Indian food. It's not really Indian food. It's just you guys are op, uh, opposite. Not I don't bad. want to spoil it for the audience that's listening. I'll tell you at the break. There's a specific thing that movie does okay. that when a movie does that nine times out of ten it loses me. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All uh, right, Tom Cruise driving a Ferrari GTO in it. So at least that, that that's the thing. We can all agree on that. Yeah, that's that's what we're, and we're back. It's got to be a replica. Geico, are you a homeowner? Are you a renter? You got to be one of those things. You're going to listen to this podcast. Well, Geico is going to make it easy for you to bundle. You go to geico.com, take your homeowners or your renters insurance, and you bundle it with your auto policy, and you save money and you save time. So. Just go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save. 
Geico makes it easy. Visit Geico.com today. That is Geico.com. And that was a Rotten Tomatoes game from 2016, a Hawaiian-themed one to appropriately fit Matt Atchity's, uh dress or his, his usual attire, which is... His favorite type of shirt. Yeah, a Hawaiian shirt. All right. Corolla Classics will be back tomorrow. That guy camouflaged since 1947. Yeah, and it worked for him, although he lost a ton of weight, um, even during the show. All right. That'll do for Corolla Classics. We'll be back tomorrow, and the Adam Corolla Show returns January 4th. So we'll see you there for new episodes. Till then, Gio and I are taking over. My name's Chris Oxamana. That's super fan Giovanni. The guests on the show till they get thin and pretty. Mahalo and get it on. Tell you about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one of those things, right? Well, you got automotive uh, insurance? Sure. Well, then bundle it. Put it together and save. Geico makes it easy. Take your homeowner's or renter's policy. Put it together with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too. Yeah, we already have enough to do. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save. It makes it easy. Visit Geico.com today. That is Geico.com.